Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's Boomer and Geo on The Fan and the CBS Sports Network. Boomer Sizing, Greg Giannotti, it's Boomer and Geo on the fans, simulcast across the country on CBS Sports Network, and wherever you are in the free Odyssey app, good Monday morning, championship Sunday is set after a fun divisional playoff weekend that ended with another classic between the Bills and the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen going at it, just an amazing game that I'm sure is going to get a monster rating. Good game, Sunday night, deep freeze across the country. These two teams, close game. Most of the country was probably watching that, and rightfully so, last night. So we had a good game Saturday night. The Ravens pulled away from the Texans earlier Saturday. You had a pretty good game between the Lions and the Buccaneers as well, and it ended with the classic last night. So we will see. Only one more weekend, and we're going to find out who is in Vegas. Good morning, Don Corleone. How are you? Hey, dude. Good morning, G. <laughs> uh, you know, I can always tell how many people are watching the game just by the comments yeah. about what the hell I'm wearing. And I'm glad that what I was wearing stuck out more than the game did. It seemed like anyway, at least on my feeds. But uh, it's exactly the way Victor wanted me to look. And what Victor wants, Victor gets. And that's Victor Talbot call. who was right. addressing you for these games. Exactly, yeah. man. It was great, man. I love it. Love love the pinstripe. And uh, I'll, I'll have I'll be rocking the pinstripe for the Super Bowl, too. So Are you? Get, get used to it, man. You're going to go back to it for the oh. Super Bowl? Oh, yeah. Look at that. That looks good. Hey, you know what? I'll tell you what. It's elegant, high fashion. Not everybody gets it. I understand that. That's okay. That's fine. You know, you could pull something like that off. You'd look good in that. Uh, but that's all right. Don't worry about it. I saw you busting my chops on the on the uh, you know on X. <laughs> I had to. I, I felt like everybody I, was waiting for me to say something. You know, it was like I, I had to. Everybody was. Everybody waiting was waiting something. for me. I had all these. I had more people tweet me yesterday say, than happened in the last. I don't know how long. I felt like I had to say something. And that and that's what happens when you wear I something was, so elegant. That's yeah. just the way it goes. I can't tell. Look. It's not normally what I wear, but um, it's something that, you know, because it's the playoffs, you want to dress up a little bit more. You want to feel a little bit more impactful. And certainly that was the case. So I, I'm i all good. A lot of people didn't see the pregame show because we got covered up because the other game was still being played. Yep, yep, yep. And until uh, Baker Mayfield threw that final interception, I'm sure people then kind of flipped over and then everything else. But it was really halftime. 
And loved it. Loved every minute. Loved all the comments. Dave Portnoy. Uh, loved it. He it's chimed great. in. Whatever. It's let me okay. just, before we get to the game, just quickly, how does this come about? Do you ask Victor Talbot, no. I want the pinstripes, or he tells you, I think you should be in the pinstripes, and then you go, you, well, yes. We, we sit down in the off season and we decide, okay, this is what we're going to do for the season. Uh, he picks out the patterns. Now, he's a little bit more flamboyant in, in terms of his, uh, his patterns uh, for patterns. me. Uh, so I sometimes I feel a little bit uncomfortable, but I have to tell you, I got a lot of compliments yesterday. Now, whether or not they're true or not, or they're just for Gazy, who knows? But uh, you know, it seems like some people really, really liked it. Some people really didn't like it. But that's you know what I'm, I'm going to do. I'm just going to continue to do what I do, man. And you're going to break it out again up. for the Super Bowl? Maybe not that one. A different one. Different color, maybe? A little different color, yeah. Double-breasted, different color pinstripe? Yeah, baby. All right, might I mean, as well. We are in Vegas, by the way. Might as well, yeah. Like I can step it up. I can tell you that the biggest question I have is whether or not I wear a dark shirt or a light shirt, because I do have an electric tie. You have an electric tie? Yeah. So these are, big, these are big decisions we have to make. You know? Now, the other thing that... Every, said, you know, I'm privileged to be able to make those decisions. Yeah, yeah, yes, you are. The other thing people were tweeting me, they thought maybe the jacket was a little small because the one button was hanging on. Did you feel like you were... Fat, fat, did fat. you feel like you were constricted up there? A lot of No, people... I will say that I, I did um, actually fit for these suits back in May. Mm. So... I know all about that. Yeah, now here we are Trust in me. December. You know, I was thinking about going on a bone broth diet, so we'll see. <laughs> Little <laughs> at hey, the I, end I, of the season, right? I mean, this uh, is this is you went through reading season. Whatever. There's a lot of work. I don't I, I don't really give what a, a fuck wild, right? <laughs> I don't really give a flying rip. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So uh, all I know is I'll be in Baltimore next Sunday. Yeah. Uh, it, hopefully, it's going to be a reasonably nice day. It sounds like there may be a little bit rain in the long range forecast, which would really be disappointing because. Uh, you know, I, you want to see everybody playing at their best. And I think the rain in San Francisco impacted that game negatively. Well, for it the was, Niners, at I least. Mean, yeah. I, mean, it was, I mean, it should have been a better offensive game totally, but it just it just wasn't. And then, you know, good for Brock Purdy that he was able to leave a fourth, fourth quarter comeback. When he had the ball last and he had to make plays, he made the plays. So that system quarterback showed up and showed how the system is supposed to work when you're making plays in the most important part of, you know, in the game. So, and then last night, I think what we saw is that Buffalo just ran out of key players. You know, no Gabe Davis. Uh, so that means Sherfield has to play. He drops a ball. Steph Diggs drops a long ball. Uh, Josh Allen is playing heroic football, trying to will his team to win. Uh, their defense, especially at the linebacker level, was completely decimated. And you see A.J. Klein trying to run with Travis Kelsey. Uh, very difficult there. But you know, I think we got the two best teams, and I think we have the best matchup from a viewing standpoint because I do believe that Steve Spagnuolo in the defense of the Kansas City Chiefs is, is hopefully good enough to keep this game relatively close. And then Patrick Mahomes, out of all the quarterbacks left, is the guy that's going to be able to handle the chaos and the just the, 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 the noise down there in Baltimore. And hopefully we have a really good AFC championship game, and it's close. Yeah. And it comes down to the end, just like last night did. Yeah, I think I agree from a football standpoint, obviously, with the Chiefs winning this game and how good they looked offensively. Really, for the first time, they were clicking on all cylinders it offensively. With, but it has something to do with the Bills' defense. No, like I understand. but it's not the same. But still, it's not like they played great defenses for... 17 games during the regular season, you know, they, they struggled. And I think with, with, uh, 
Rice really coming into his own. Pacheco turning it on towards the end of the season. And Patrick Mahomes just crazy championship elite greatest of all time mentality is what has has brought them there. And obviously great coaching as well, as we know. But I I did want from a storyline standpoint, as much as I don't love the Lions because I'm a Vikings fan, if you would have had two teams that had never won a Super Bowl in the championship game and a potential matchup between those two, that would have been a lot of fun or at least one of them getting there. And I do feel terrible for Bills fans. They are passionate. They are into it. There's not a ton of stuff to do in Buffalo. They are completely invested, and they got their hearts ripped out again by the same old villain. And, and I, it, it reminds me a little bit of the Knicks and Michael Jordan. You know, that's what it was kind of reminding me of. Like, you're really, really good, but you just can't beat him. Troy Aikman did that to Brett Favre. Mm. And as uh, Tom Brady did that to somebody. I forget, I forget who he did it to. I think they're 3-0 and against, you know, their rivals, if you will, within their d- conferences. Maybe not their division, but within their conference. And it's interesting because Buffalo and Kansas City will play again next year during the regular season. That's how the, the uh, schedules will match up. And I think Jim Nance was talking about that yesterday. But it was uh, it was interesting because at the be- at, at the outset of the game, Tony Romo was talking about the wind, which way the wind was going. So if you're watching on TV, the wind was behind the team that was going from left to right on your TV. And at the beginning of the game, uh, you know, if you win the co- coin toss, you can defer. And then uh, the second half, you can determine which way you want to go. And Buffalo determined that they wanted to have the wind at their back at the end of the game. So in the fourth quarter. And their kicker ends up missing a kick with the wind behind him. Yeah, I mean, and it just hooked right out of nowhere. And and of course, obviously, the wide right stuff. It's just it, you know how Jets fans will say things like, "I can't believe it." It's amazing. Everything you try to do ends up coming up crap. Well, yes, they're right about that. And with Bills fans, it, it's stuff like this. It's like getting to those moments and not being able to get over the hump. And then their worst nightmare in the history of the franchise, Scott Norwood, wide right, comes back to bite them in this situation. Now, it wasn't the reason they lost the game. It was a huge part of it. And making that kick is something you got to do when you're a professional kicker in a playoff game in your home stadium and you choose the wind, as you say. you got to make the kick. But, you know, Josh Allen missed a throw. And I know that Tony Romo said that Chris Jones pushed the offensive lineman into him and and that affected the throw i don't think that it did i think he he just short armed yeah and by the way that that was the it seemed like the same play that gabe davis scored right two years ago two years ago it seemed like right a a seam route right down the middle and he had him wide open but you know steph dig drops one on the sideline you know uh, Sherfield earlier in the game drops one yeah this game could have been worse if mccall hardman former jet mccall hardman yeah uh doesn't fumble the ball out of the end zone yeah, and of course that rule hopefully is gone oh. this off season and into next season. We all know how stupid it is, but it is the rule now. So immediately when you saw that, uh, you knew what was going to happen. But it's 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 the dumbest rule in the game. We've been over it a million times, and that probably would have been the thing we were talking about if the Bills had won. But man, I tell you, the, the Chiefs. We've been trying to, as NFL fans, find ways to poke holes in the Chiefs for a number of years. Going into last season, the division got so good. I mean, think about it. Now the Chargers had a great offseason, and the Broncos got Russell Wilson. And and, Sean Payton. Right, and Sean Payton. You know, and, and, and the Raiders are getting better, and all this crap that was going on there, and they go out there, and they win, and they win a Super Bowl. And then this year, I mean, I, I was guilty of it, too. They're not the same team. Offensively, they're not the same. Travis Kelsey, after a, a good start, has sort of fallen off. 
Uh, the defense is good, but this is the worst offense we've seen. One of these teams in the AFC is going to pick them off, and it hasn't happened yet. It could be the Baltimore Ravens, who looked awesome in the second half against the Texans. But, I mean, how do you bet against Patrick Mahomes at this point? Well, how do you do it? Well, I'll tell you, the Ravens, <laughs> you take a look at their schedule, and you take a look at how they've just been kicking everybody's ass. And the fact that they did not garner one turnover against C.J. Stroud in Houston, that is a real uh, feather in the cap of C.J. Stroud, a rookie quarterback who doesn't throw an interception, doesn't fumble in the, in the, uh, in the pocket, doesn't fumble when he takes off and runs with the ball. That guy uh, played, I thought, his ass off, given the chaos that Mike McDonald's defense creates down in Baltimore, especially with the noise down there. Yeah. And so that kid handled it pretty well. But... You beat a team as bad, and, and you know the only way Houston scored was with the punt return. They had the field goal, of course, but they had the punt return. Other than that, they didn't get a sniff. And, I mean, that is kicking a team's ass. You get no turnovers, yet you beat them as bad as the Ravens beat them. That goes to show you just how good the Ravens are. And when you take a look at the Ravens and all the teams that they beat this year by at least 14 points or more or all these winning teams – uh, and that just goes to show you that, number one, the defense is good for sure. But Lamar Jackson's a different type of player. Now, he's playing the same way he's always played. But he is so much more focused and in on winning now that, of course, the story coming out of that Baltimore Ravens game was his tirade at halftime where he just went after everybody. Yeah, A younger Lamar Jackson was not going to do that. This is a new a different type of player that has different expectations for himself and his team. And he's acting like it. And they, they showed he, he took off on one of these running plays that was called and Ronnie Stanley is big left tackle. And he ran into each other and you could see after the play was over, Lamar's on his back and he's like screaming because Ronnie Stanley blocked the, the wrong guy. And if he blocks the right guy, he's probably still running. But, you know, the old Lamar doesn't do that. This is the new and improved Lamar where he is getting into the faces of his teammates. And sometimes that's good, and I think that's what John Harbaugh wants. And uh, and he basically lit into everybody at halftime in that second half. They just took it to another level, and Houston couldn't handle it. Yeah, I mean, maybe this is the time that, that somebody takes out Patrick Mahomes, but I, I can't bet against them anymore. Last year, I was all in on the Cincinnati Bengals in the AFC Championship game, and here comes Patrick Mahomes and beats him again. And yesterday, I was all in on the Bills, getting to the AFC Championship game. Patrick Mahomes does it again. So even if I convince myself that the Baltimore Ravens are going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, I will not put a cent on the Baltimore Ravens. Patrick Mahomes has taken my money plenty at this point. And, you know, early in the game, I would tell you that Patrick was off. No, for sure. I you know, there, were, there were a couple guys he had opened that he had overthrown. When they were going left to right and the wind was behind him, he was a little trouble negotiating that wind, which I could totally understand. But, um, you know, Buffalo's, Buffalo's defense is just, just not the same, you know, that it was. And like I said, it was a nice story. AJ Klein is a great story. But when you get him locked up on Travis Kelsey, it's a completely different set of circumstances. And, and also, you know, it was not the same as it was is, is Steph Diggs. I mean, I understand everybody's focusing on the drop, but that was really the only time that they fed the ball to him down the field. I mean, there's just something. He's not getting separation down the field. He's, he's kind of lost the step. Yeah, it's I mean, it's clear. And they, they try to get the ball in his hands around a line of scrimmage and stuff. That happens like four, five, six times a game. Well, they were trying to get him involved early and often so he doesn't become a distraction on the sideline. But, but he can't get down the field open anymore, clearly. Yeah, he, he's done. He's done there.
Yeah, I mean it's that's what it's. You'll be done there. They'll they'll redo their 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 wide receiver core, and you know Josh will have probably you know I, I will say James Cook came into his own this year, so that's good. They have that coming back. Uh, they do have Dalton Kincaid and uh, you know and and Knox as their tight ends, which are very good. They have very good offensive line, so they, they'll be right in the mix next year, and they will get faster. And the Shakir kid is really fast for them. And he made some nice plays yesterday too. So hey look, the cover's not bare. They just gotta they gotta stay healthy. They'll most likely get rid of Von Miller. Yeah. You know, he made a couple of plays yesterday, but we really haven't seen much of him at all this year coming off of that knee injury. So I would think that he's probably done there. But but it uh you know when you also think about this too. So we think about coaches, John Harbaugh and Andy Reid, two great coaches. And by the way, John Harbaugh is the Prime example of why you stay with a coach. An owner, Steve Bashotti, very people know anything about, runs a steady hand, steady ship, has had two GMs, Ozzie Newsom and Eric DaCosta, and John Harbaugh. How many times has John Harbaugh won a Super Bowl? Oh, one time. Right, exactly. Yeah. You don't fire coaches, you know, if they don't make it. Like there's there's something to his level of excellence. That for some reason the perception is, oh, they'll never fire him. But meanwhile, we got to get rid of Nick Sirianni. We got to get rid of Mike McCarthy because those guys suck. You know, if if they felt that way about John Harbaugh five years ago, they would have fired him. Yeah, but there, but there's a culture there. There's there's a real professional way of doing things. And I will say that in the in the AFC North, I feel like three organizations are kind of the same way, and that's the Steelers, the Bengals. And, of course, the Ravens. I, I'm not sure about the Browns because some of the decisions that they've made over the last 10 years yeah. are ridiculous. I mean, j- one thing, though, I mean, I know that the comparisons with Sirianni, McCarthy, Harbaugh, but not not every situation is the same. They, you know, there were a couple times that we felt like, especially in the playoffs, you know, where the teams looked like they were not prepared to play these playoff games. That's something that never happens with a John Harbaugh team. Right? Well, you're right. I mean, that, some I mean, coaches are just better than other coaches. Right. And last year, you know, we, we questioned whether or not Lamar should have played in the playoffs. And, you know, his backup went in there, and they almost won a game. And if yeah. it wasn't for an incredible fumble return by the Cincinnati Bengals on defense, Trey Hendrickson, I think it was. I think, yeah, I think so. I uh, he took it back like 99 yards down yeah. in the goal line. <laughs> I mean, they probably don't win that go- game. And, and John Harbaugh and, and the Ravens are moving on with Tyler Huntley as their backup quarterback, which is amazing to me. But I was talking about, okay, so we have two great quarterbacks. We have the presumptive MVP. We have a guy who's 6-0 in divisional games. A guy that's going to his sixth straight AFC championship game in Patrick Mahomes. So we have that covered. We have two great kickers. So two kickers missed kicks this weekend. Anders Carlson for the Packers. Mm -hmm. And then yesterday, Tyler Bass for Buffalo. Those kicks end up killing those teams. Absolutely. And you have two great kickers in Harrison Butker and Justin Tucker playing in this AFC championship game. And it just kind of goes to show you, you just never know when those guys are going to end up showing up and being important. But these two guys have been proven winners. So you got all the stars and get the right teams, I believe, in the AFC championship game. All right, Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Just getting started on this Monday morning. Jerry Recco is back. He's got an update for us just a couple of minutes. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. I think we can finally, we talk a lot about the sports gods, but I think we can finally put the sports gods to bed and realize that it's just not a thing. Because if the sports gods existed, DeMar Hamlin would have gotten that first down on that fake punt. That would have happened if there were sports gods up above and DeMar Hamlin gets that ball on that fourth down in his key situation. And you knew, I understand there was only 10 guys on the field and it was sort of like crazy how they were doing it. But clearly, Sean McDermott and the Bills came up with this, like, let's get the ball to DeMar Hamlin in this situation. How cool would that be? If he were able to get a first down and a fake punt in a big part of the game, and it's then good. it's good to see him out there. He actually made a couple tackles on special teams. So I mean, but that was stupid. Doing that was stupid. Well, the defense held, I believe, uh, and I well, think that was the fumble the after that. Yeah, that was yes. a fumble through the end zone after right. that. But still, but still, they were lucky to get that fumble. They, through the they end were zone. they were very lucky. All right, uh, Jerry's here with all the details. What's going on, Jerry? Good morning, brought to you by Jack Pocket. Order official state lottery games on your phone. Um, we can get to the fake punt in a little while, but first we will give you uh, part two. Another edition of Wide Right, and this went wide right for the Bills again. Placement down, Bass's kick is up, and the kick is no good! A little prophecy! Tyler Bass has struggled, and he just misses the kick! He did from 44 yards out, but there was still a lot of time left. 1.43 to go, and the Bills did have a couple of timeouts if they could stop the Chiefs from not getting a first down. Fortunately for Kansas City, they did. Unfortunately for the Bills, they did not. Hands it off, runs hard, pushes, 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 first down at his own 45-yard line at a minute 28 to go. Gaining just enough to move the chains. That was uh, Chiefs Radio with Uh, both calls. You know, it's going to be interesting. Isaiah Pacheco running into that Baltimore defense this week. There are going to be some violent collisions. That kid's a Rutgers kid. He is. And uh, he's he's been like a... a revelation for the, this team. Took a lot of pressure off of Patrick Mahomes throughout the year and has had a great season. And uh, you could just see how hard he runs. I mean, what did he, Nate say he runs like? A little kid trying on new shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's exactly. what it was. Yeah, yeah. Very funny, actually. Yeah, it was perfect. Yeah. Well, he ran for 97 yards well, the touchdown. That Phil Simpson said show. earlier in the year he runs like he hates the ground. I like so, that, too. Yeah, so there's yeah. a lot of little, uh, you know, compliments in 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 our way of talking about how tough the kid is. That's really what it comes down to. 27-24 the final. Patrick Mahomes, 215. Couple of touchdowns. What a win on the road in Orchard Park. Yeah, that was fun. Um, I love Arrowhead, but uh, 
it, it's always fun when you get to come together as a team and really just be like y'all versus, versus everybody and, and get the win. So uh, it's always great to be in great environments and uh, find a way to get a win. And they did get the win. And here was Pacheco on closing it down with that first down run. It's very important uh, to protect the ball. And for me right there, that's the biggest part of the game. Um, knowing the team, was knowing you're going to run it. Just cover it up with two hands and, and allow uh, the low line to work and be patient. What does he sound like? He has a... He sounds like somebody. Who does he sound like? That's a good question. Yeah. It's very important uh, to protect the ball. And for me right like there, that's the biggest part of the game. Um, that's who he sounds I can see like. That. like yeah, McPherson. I can see that. That's pretty good. What do you think, Al? I still haven't heard much of the Keith McPherson because it's on at night. It's hard right. for me to judge that. He sounds just like him. All right. I, I think you're close on that. Yeah, it's so pretty good. Keith is obviously from Jersey. Yeah. Is Isaiah Ocean Pacheco, Township, I think. Is Isaiah Pacheco from Jersey? I, that I don't know. He's got a New York accent, that's for sure. I know he went to Rutgers. Just Google it. I, don't know if I am. Just New shut Jersey. up I'm for not one sure. second. Yeah, protect the ball. The way yeah, he said that. Vineland, New Jersey. Yeah. There he you is. Go. Well, there you go. See, it sounds just like Keith McPherson. How about that? On the other side of things, while the Chiefs are on to their count them, sixth straight championship game, AFC championship game, the Bills for the third time in four years have their season end at the hands of the Bills again, or at the Chiefs again. Here's Josh Allen. Uh, it's over. Sucks. Losing sucks. Losing them, losing anybody at home sucks. Nope, not great. And the season's such a grind. Micah Hyde knows there goes an opportunity. You realize how, how hard it is to make it back here. You know, what we, what we had to win, what, seven straight, six straight, whatever the hell it was, to get to, back to this point. <sighs> not to mention the roster changes every season. So, um, it's always tough. Very tough. And so the Chiefs advance to take on the Ravens uh, Sunday at 3 p.m. on CBS. The other championship game will feature, we know the Niners, of course, and it will be the Lions. Jared leans in. There's the snap. Jared back. Jared looks. Jared throws right side. It is caught. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Amon Ross St. Brown. And that was Dan Miller on Lions Radio. That put him up by a couple of scores. They would win 31-23. Lions for the first time in 32 years heading to the NFC title game. You know what's nice about that last drive there for that touchdown is that that was a point in the game where you say, okay, they're going to give the ball to Jameer Gibbs or David Montgomery, and they didn't do that. Ben Johnson, the offense coordinator that is up for a lot of these jobs, is being interviewed uh, as a head coach, I mean, was pushing the pedal to the metal and was throwing the ball down the field. And Jared Goff was up to it, and, you know, he made some key throws, including that touchdown pass to Amon Ross St. Brown, which was great. He goes in the record books with Tobin Rote. <laughs> and Bobby Lane. Bobby Tobin Lane. Tobin Rote and Bobby Lane. Now, Bobby Lane I had heard of because I, I believe he was with the Steelers for a while, too. So when I got to Pittsburgh, I, I had learned about him. Um, but and I, I believe he was a big drinker. Like that was one of the things that they, I remember reading about Bobby Lane. So QBs with multiple playoff wins in a season. So for and the, Lions history, Lions. History. I am, but but the Lions in 1991 won to the NFC Championship game. And uh, what what's his name? Eric Kramer was the quarterback. Didn't they win two games to get to the NFC Championship? Were they? Game back were then? they a? Uh, did they have a buy? One of the two buys. Well, they had to win at least two games, right? No, no, no. If you no, had no, a buy, you win the divisional, then lose the championship. They probably had a buy then. That was Wayne Fonts, Eric Kramer, Herman Moore, Barry Sanders, Chris Spielman, Jerry Ball was the nose tackle, 91 Lions. Yeah. 
Cars, bars, booze, and the legend of Bobby Lane. <laughs> I was right about that. There you go, yes. <laughs> Here's Dan Campbell. When he came in, he was talking about biting off kneecaps and then uh, falling down and biting off someone else's kneecaps. Well, it's worked out for him in his tenure because now he's going to the title game. He says, look at us. Here we are sitting, uh, you know, one of the last four teams. That was, um, you know, that was that's the type of game that, that I envisioned uh, against Tampa. I mean, that's, that's it. Outstanding team. It's a hot team. Um, you know, we knew it was going to come down to the end. Mention uh, the touchdown for St. Brown. He had eight catches for 77 yards. Matt Laporta looked a lot healthier. Nine catches for 65. <laughs> Jameer Gibbs and Josh Reynolds with touchdown runs. For Todd Bowles' team, they played hard. They were in it, but they still lost. And we fought. Obviously, anything short of the Super Bowl is a disappointment. It's not what we, we didn't come in to make noise. We came in to get to the Super Bowl. So from that standpoint, it's a disappointment. Baker Mayfield, three to, 349 through the air, three touchdowns, but the two picks, and he hates losing. It, it sucks. I feel like my heart just got ripped out. But it's football is a complex game, but it's also simple. It comes down to taking care of the ball. And, of course, the uh, interception. You know what's not amazing to me is how, like, their offense. I think he got sacked four times. I think three out of the four sacks, there were guys that were supposed to block people that just didn't block people. Like <laughs> Aiden Hutchinson came through, and I'm like, if you're the right tackle, like that's the guy you got to block. Do you not see him? <laughs> what are you doing? He's standing right there. <laughs> and uh, you know, so Baker doesn't think that that guy's going to be you know back as quickly as he possibly did. He was lucky he didn't fumble the ball. But I, look, I, I love what Baker Mayfield did this year. Yeah, I felt bad for him when he threw that pick. You could see how much it meant to him, obviously. And it just it, it wasn't a good throw. He forced it. He was trying to be trying to be hero ball there, and he just made a bad decision. I think uh, you know he's going to get a nice contract extension from Buck uh, from the Bucks. I I would think like I would do like three years, maybe one hundred and twenty million, and. Make 60 of it guaranteed, then you can get out of it after two if you're not really sure about what he's doing. And they got to figure out what they're doing with Mike Evans, too, because his contract is up as well. Speaking of contracts being up, fallout from the Cowboys' loss to the Packers. As Shannon Sharp recaps one, we got family members now talking. It was Shannon Sharp on the Nightcap podcast. CD mom, Lita Ramirez, wrote on Facebook, Dak isn't it. I wish CD would leave. They need to get rid of Dak ass. If guys on that team that want the ring, they work too hard. Dak don't want to win a ring. And of course, Chad Ochocinco would react. You this for real? Is what, this is are what you, I. T- are you sure it was her? Yes. She, she won hack. <laughs> I don't think she was, because then you also got Michael Parsons' brother saying, "Get him the hell out of Dallas." Oh my god, <laughs> it's unbelievable. That what team the is blaming the coach. I'm so sick and tired of that team and all the crap that they pull and are all lot going of crap. Their quarterback. A lot of oh crap. God, my just oh, family members getting involved and now. Then Tad Prescott came to Dak's defense. Yes. he wants Dak out of Dallas too, just because he, he doesn't believe he's being respected. Correct. That's why and the fan base kills him. The media kills him. Correct. But family members, your teammates are killing you. Uh, that too. Yes, man. What a what Good a times. What an absolute disaster. That so place you know is. what? Let's run it back. <laughs> oh god! I mean, coach wins thirty six games. Quarterback has his best year ever. He's in the middle of his prime. Yeah, let's get rid of the let's get rid of the coach. Yeah. So the quarterback well, has would to have, a yes. whole other system all, all over again. Yeah. Get ready. You could actually practice to you know stop the other team. Maybe next time. Get rid of Dak ass <laughs> is what she said. I mean, what do you <laughs> what do you do if like you're Dak? Like, what I do you know. say to CD Lamb? Like, I tell don't your know, mom to shut the f up. <laughs> I thought they were really tight. Those two. 
Maybe. I, I mean, mean the mom could be going rogue here, you know, just because she's so, saying it doesn't mean that CD believes is it. it. You would think so. But then listening to Shannon and Chad talk, they were, and Boomer can obviously speak more than weekend to this, they said in all of their experiences playing the games, when it's coming from the family, it's almost all think of the time the coming year from the player. CD laying it's 100%. I, I, like, I, told you, I, I I live this. I know. I live this with one of my teammates at the Jets whose family was accusing me of not throwing the ball accurately to him as opposed to other players who played the same position. <laughs> I wish I could have had a sit down with the family uh, because my family was around us and heard right, this right. conversation because they had no idea that you know my family was around them. I, I wish I could have had a, a you know, conversation with the player's family and said, look, your, your loved one, the one that you think is the greatest thing that ever hit the earth, doesn't know where the F is going. <laughs> so until he learns everything that there is to learn, shut up. <laughs> that, that's, how, like, that's how Dak feels right now. I'm sure he does. I mean, because C.D. Lamb's body language was in that awful, game right? was awful. Once they fell behind, he hey, looked hey, like he checked hey, out. Hey, hey, Mama Ramirez, the ball went right through his hands yeah. on the sideline. How about how about your son make the catch? And I think Micah Parsons' brother's pissed off because he's taking a beating for being like invisible in that game. That's oh. Dak's fault. <laughs> no, no, he had nothing to say about Dak. He was, he was complaining about the coaches. That was Micah Parsons' brother. And right now, Mike McCarthy is coaches. Yeah. Mike McCarthy's somewhere on a beach in Aruba <laughs> going, look at a chicken Caesar wrap and another pina colada, please. Jose, thank you. You know, it sucks for him, and it is something that's serious that I was telling you about this. They're not going to give him a contract extension. Nope. Now, I guess Coach Coward told me yesterday that Jason Garrett had two years like this. Mm. And Jason went out there and coached and ended up getting them to the playoffs and ended up getting a four-year contract extension. We'll see. Huh. We shall that, see. That, that team, man. That team and that's fan base. Ugh. Ugh. Nets led the uh, Clippers 99-84 after three. Then watched the Clippers run right by them. L.A. only scored the final 22 points, and they beat the Nets 125-114. James Harden, 24 points, 10 assists. Uh, Illinois did beat Rutgers yesterday, 86-63. You've got Hofstra and Stony Brook coming up tonight. The Rangers played the Ducks. The Rangers spotted the Ducks a 2-0 lead, and then they came storming back. Trocek up the boards. That was Panarin's pass to Fox. Panarin shoots. He scores! And that was Sam Rosen with the call on MSG. That was the go-ahead goal. Artemi Panarin will coil the game-tying goal in the third. Rangers score four times in the final period. Beat the Ducks 5-2. Igor Shosturkin didn't have to do much work. 16 saves. He only had yeah, 18 shots. Stink, Not bad. Well, and you beat them 5-2. The, the, the Kings stunk, too, and we couldn't get a goal. Our bottom six cannot score unless the goalie's pulled. Well, you got five yesterday, and you're now 29-15-2. And when did Patrick Waugh become the head coach of the this Islanders? Weekend. Crazy. This weekend. By the way, My so God. Peter Schwartz was on with us. Yeah. And I said, Peter, okay, a little hockey talk. How are the Islanders doing? What did Peter say? He said, I would like a coaching change, and I would like Bruce Boudreaux to be the head coach. But he was all, he goes, I didn't like the, the, the way the team has been playing, and all of a sudden, he was right on it. How about that? Next so, thing you know, Patrick Waugh comes in here, and uh, it's going to be a serious wake-up call with this guy. And the Islanders beat the Stars in overtime, 3-2, Bo Horvat with the game winner there. Down Your mouth to God's yeah. lips. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Devils and uh, Golden Knights tonight, and in golf, 20-year-old amateur Nick Dunlop won the American Express in La Quinta First uh, uh, amateur winner since Phil Mickelson in 91 at the Tucson Open to win. All right, let me ask you a question. So all these college athletes are making all this money, 
getting all this nil money and all this endorsement money and there are these collectives paying all these basketball players and volleyball players and gymnasts are even making lots of money god bless them uh and now this guy is an amateur wins a a tournament where there's like what a 1.8 million dollar first yeah right around a million and a half yeah yeah and he doesn't get it yeah i don't know if that is a collegiate thing or it's just when you enter the pga tour as an amateur like like i think if he were even out of college and just didn't have his pga tour card he still wouldn't have gotten the money. I don't. I don't believe that the NCAA rules prohibited him from making money anymore. Oh, I don't know about that, but I, maybe, maybe it is the PGA Tour. But I do know this: he does get a couple of things that come along with this, like an exemption to the Masters for the next two years. Yep, and sponsorships. And he some can other now sponsorships take. and everything. I hope he can. No, he yeah, can. yeah, that's of part of the can. NIL. Here's the other thing: well, he won with a 29 under. What would they play like fifty one hundred yards or something? It's like a pitch and putt golf course. You see this though. Some courses play very easy for these guys. I, They're hitting I, the ball I, I think I think the PGA Tour is going to make a lot of these courses a lot easier because they want the lower numbers. They want big numbers, mm. just like three point shots and home runs and more goals in the in you know hockey and things of that nature. The the rules in football are all about making the game easier for the offense to get more points and all this other crap. Hey, well, this, and this by is, the way, this was, a, this was a nice little moment for a twenty year old kid. I and know you're crapping all over. No, no, it was a great. You are moment. crapping all and over the poor those... kid. It was an awesome sports story. You did yeah. a sports minute on it. I heard. I did. And, I did. and, you're, and you're crapping all over the no, moment. No, I'm not. Here. No, I'm you're not. You're looking no, at I it think it's an awesome negatively. Story. But here's the thing. Yeah, you got all those slaps that went over to live. If they were a part of this tournament, oh, here you know, we go again. I mean, it's an, it's an opportunity for young guys now to make their names because guys, the slaps are taking the money from the Saudis. <laughs> Congratulations, Nick Dunlap, <laughs> on behalf of Boomer and Geo for your amazing yes. accomplishment. Yeah. You know what? The amazing thing is, like two years ago, you wouldn't even give a rat's ass. Well, okay. I and mean, now, and now I do. It's the first thing you talked to me about this morning, which yeah. is, you know, it's like you are all over it. Well, I figured it was something cool. different. It was yeah. pretty cool him walking up the 18th with Justin Thomas. That was very cool. And he could hear the microphone, and Justin Thomas was like, hey, pretty cool, huh? And everybody's cheering for him. And then Justin Thomas said to him, if the slaps didn't take the money from the Saudis, you'd never be doing this. 29 under, what a joke. Uh, Boomer and Geo coming to you live at the Built Ford Tough studio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. The end of the Bucks Lions game was nuts in the fact that both coaches lost their mind. Uh, first, Dan Campbell, they didn't use the clock properly where they could have run the clock out and there wouldn't have been an issue at all for the Buccaneers to try to come back, but they screwed up the timing of the clock. And then after that, Todd Bowles didn't either realize it or thought it was useless to take that final timeout, have the Lions attempt a field goal. Because remember, they're down eight at this point. So if the Lions attempt, it's a 49-yard field goal. It's not a gimme. So if they attempt that field goal, if they take that timeout, the Lions attempt that field goal, it's blocked, they miss it, bad snap, whatever. Yeah, great field position. It would have got like 60 yards to go, roughly, in about 30 seconds. Now, unlikely that all those things happen, but it's the playoffs. We've seen different things happen in the playoffs. Give saw, yourself a chance. We saw Patrick Mahomes move the ball 13 seconds into uh, Harrison Butker range, and all he did was, you know, money kick the ball in a freezing cold day. I mean, I was just, I, I could not believe it because I'm thinking, I'm looking at the math. I'm like, this is, this isn't right. And I'm like, call the timeout. Did trot the field goal unit out there. Imagine if the Lions had lost in that way. Oh, my God. And Baker Mayfield goes down the field and a touchdown and two-point conversion in 30 seconds. So all the things I worry about is you know, game management from a coach's perspective. And game game management is really what they're known for. I mean, like, we can sit here whatever we want and say about Rob Sala doesn't talk to this guy or Brian Dable screaming at that guy. <laughs> Two opposite ways of coaching, which is fine. But at the end of the the game and when the game is over and we sit there and we sit in judgment of these coaches, a lot of it has to do with game management. Now, certainly you'd like your players to be able to efficiently, you know, get the job done on the field with what's happening in front of you. So they, the game management aspect of it doesn't really come into fruition. And all it really comes into fruition when there's a drop pass, there's, there's a missed tackle or something like that. And then all of a sudden everybody goes back to what the coach did and, and how his decision making was. But this is why coaches should have somebody in that box up there that is analytically driven, understands the game of football and knows how the game that they're playing themselves within right then and there will help them with game management decisions. Yes, every game and every situation is different, and there's and everybody is watching this game. Sees the interception, says the game is over. Now, maybe that's why both coaches at that point just like exhaled and said, "Okay, that's the end of this." But that's really no excuse. I mean, you got to make sure if you're the Lions to not give the Bucks a chance, and then for the Bucks not to acknowledge that or not realize that. I mean, maybe they just assume that the Lions wouldn't have screwed up the clock and they weren't even paying attention, but. Both of those things are completely inexcusable. Well, the amazing thing to me was the series before that is when, you know, Jared Goff is throwing and they're being aggressive. They're up seven points instead of trying to kill the clock and running the ball. Yeah. They're, you know, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, the offense coordinator. Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson is, is throwing the ball and, you know, Jared Goff is completing it. And they move right down the field and they take a 14-point lead. And you're thinking, wow, that, that's how you finish games. You, you be aggressive. You trust your players. 
And you know, when they got a role, when they got a role going on, you play to that role. And I think that's exactly what Ben Johnson was doing. But then after that, things changed, especially because Aaron Glenn's defense got soft, and they let the Bucks go right down the field. Yeah, I mean, it was going back and forth there for a while. I mean, that, and that drive you're talking about was like four minutes and like 80 yards in a blink of an eye. Yes. I mean, it was really, really impressive. And that Bucks defense was just their heads were spinning during that drive. But, you know, the, the Lions, I believe, are the better team. Uh, they earned this chance to take on the 49ers on Championship Sunday. And, man, Debo Samuel going out of that game. And I don't think that. And I don't want to sit here and criticize all the broadcasts because it's silly. I understand it's it's easy for us to sit here and do that, but I don't think they spent enough time on that injury during the game. That is a crucial, I, I crucial Aaron, thing. I think Aaron Andrews got screwed, really, literally, because I think that she, you know, she makes a a comment saying that you know he's questionable, and then the next shot you see him on the sideline in a, in a sweatshirt. <laughs> like he's not coming back. He's out. I. I think she got bad information from the team for whatever reason. I don't know. This is what I'm assuming. Yeah. Because she made the report that he was questionable, and the next thing you know, he's on the sideline in his sweatshirt, meaning that he's he's done. He's not playing. Right. And then prior to that, when he gets hurt, comes off the field, go. they show him going to the medical tent. They don't give an update there. And then the next thing you know, he's back in the game. And then he had played a couple more plays and then came out. Right. And they and the, never talked about it. And the same thing happened last night, I think, with Dawson Knox. Of the Buffalo Bills, he w- he went to go get evaluated, and Tracy was reporting that. Yeah, and as she were as she was reporting, you know, eighty eight Dawson Knox is in the blue ten. He, you know, it's questionable. There's eighty eight on the field running. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, sometimes they don't get the right information, or they're getting inaccurate information just because maybe somebody from the team is not doing their job as effectively as you would have hoped. But I, I'm like, where did Debo Samuel get hurt? Uh, well, I guess when he was slammed down to the ground here, it was his shoulder right as we're watching a replay there. Well, just, he's on his back. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not sure, but it was his shoulder. Yeah, it's. It, but that guy, he, he, obviously any one of those three, Purdy, McCaffrey, or uh, Debo Samuel, and you know Kittle stepped up. But those three guys, when they're together and they're healthy, they never lose. Well, we all, we all know that, but I mean, Jordan Love basically lost it in the second half. I, he was having a great first half. He looked like he was totally in charge, and then he went back to being Jordan Love in the first three or four weeks of the season. Boomer and Geo coming to you live from the Ford Tough Studio on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. Chiefs and Ravens, Lions and 49ers on championship weekend. Boomer goes viral for his zoot suit. All that is out there for you at 877-337-6666. Who went more viral, me or Jason Kelsey? Probably Jason Kelsey, but it was close. I would say so, and I also saw that Jason Kelsey before the game was drinking out of bowling balls. He was doing that. I guess that's a thing up there in Buffalo. Apparently, he went to the tailgate and wanted to be one of the guys. So he took his shirt off, and he was drinking, and he jumped out into the crowd and back into the booth there there was a it was i mean i'd like to hang out with that guy yeah i mean he was having a great time i gotta take him to steven's talk house yeah. and i can really <laughs> light it up then yeah he was having a blast there is one video out there that i think is better than all of the jason kelsey videos and it's when travis kelsey scores his second touchdown they go up to the booth to show taylor swift hugging her friend yeah and and Patrick Mahomes Sr. T- 
turns around and looks at them in like disgust. And it's just hilarious knowing Patrick Mahomes Sr. He just like turns around like who the what you people just showed up. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Where have you been all the last five? Years? That's that's exactly. the vibe I got. When he turns around, like you see his face, he just turns around like, uh-huh. Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, it was great. And you know Patrick Mahomes Sr. is he's got a great personality. We know he pitched for the Mets, all that stuff. And you remember last year at the AFC Championship game, he was smoking a cigar. He goes, oh, what, do you, what cigar are you smoking? He goes, I'm smoking on a Joe Burrow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the guy's the best. Yeah. So you could just know he's like, I don't want her up in this suite. I can just hear him. Like, I don't need this, man. It's like, everything was great before she got here. Um, but anyway, that well, was... has got to be complete madness. And now she's probably going to go to Baltimore this weekend, I would think. Yeah, I mean, she has to. No, right? I, I did ask a question <clears throat> yesterday, and, and nobody really had an answer. Except for Coach, he said, win or lose. I said, guys, you think Travis goes back to Kansas City on Taylor's jet? Or do you think he comes down to New York? Because maybe Andy gives them off until Wednesday. And Coach said, well, did they win or did they lose? Hmm. Well, I said, let's say they win. He goes, eh. I think he would probably go back with his teammates. Because when you win and you got another game, you got you got to be you got to be locked in. Let me tell you something. If he didn't go back with his teammates, I know he's he's very well respected there. But listen, you're on a uh, another Super Bowl run here, man. You got to go back with your teammates. Yeah, you feel like you got to lock it in, right? And she could fly to Kansas City on her jet if if she wanted to spend time with them, and then go back to New York, no problem. I mean, she's worth right. a billion dollars for God's sakes. Did Tony Romo call Jason Kelsey the brother-in-law? Yeah, I mean he so he keeps doing that, and people think he's making mistakes. He's doing that on purpose. He's having fun with it. Yeah, like twice he said that. Oh, there's Travis Kelsey's wife. So he said it once. That the first time might have been a mistake. But then he got so much heat for it, he went back and did it again, which I know he was doing that just to troll people. Well, you had, you had Travis give it to the heart, and heart then he did the brother. But that was a really funny line, by the way. Because like, they're showing Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey's, I mean, uh, Jason Kelsey's in the background, no shirt on with a with a Bud Light in his hand. And he goes, up, oh, and your brother-in-law's behind you. It was just perfect, because that, that was a good line. Bush Light? It might, I don't even know what it was. It was, was. A, some weird beer. It wasn't a Bud Light. It was, and I wasn't sure it was a Bush Light. It was some other strange looking. It could have been like a Buffalo beer or some yeah, sort maybe. of IPA or something like that. Yeah, probably. And he was, he was housing it. Yeah, I wonder how many beers it takes for him to get where he wants to get drunk wise. Like 15. Like a guy like that, that thick. You know what I'm saying? Like shotgunning, yeah. I mean, and the way he climbed back into that box, it was like he he had the agility of a gorilla. Well, that's why that guy has to continue to play. Like, why would he retire? I mean, you know why he would retire. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a so lot. Much money, he's so popular, and you know he'll make some more money doing whatever he wants to do after his uh, career's over. But he spent over a decade getting his his face bashed in. And he doesn't want to go to training camp anymore. Well, He's made I, enough money. If the Eagles were smart, they would say, "Hey, you know, we'll give you a, we'll give you another fifteen to twenty million to come back for another year, and you know, we're going to take it easy. You don't have to really deal with training camp, all that kind of stuff. Just stay in shape, and then you know, about two weeks out, you come back in and let's go." Mm. I, I th- it will. I mean, the jumping that that's that is an NFL center. Yeah, yeah. and he is jumping in and out of the the sky by the suite. Yeah. Like he looks like a wide receiver. No, I know it was, but I mean, he just got done playing, so obviously he's in great shape. Um, but you know that that changes over the course of an offseason. This this is what's going to happen. He's either going to get to that point in June, late June, 
where he doesn't want to go to training camp or he's going to say, man, I really want to go back and I want to do this again. No, and for one more year, just promise me we're not doing a stupid tush push. <laughs> because you I think he what? likes doing that. No, no, he doesn't like it. He doesn't? That. No, 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 no. I thought he liked it. And he goes, supposedly when he snaps the ball, he yells out, F my life. Oh, really? Yeah, he snaps it to jail and he goes, F my life! Oh, okay. And they go and do the tush push and, you know, it's not, it's not the... It's great when you watch it. I love it. But I guess if I were in the middle of it, I'd hate it. Yeah. Well, I, I guess I can understand that, especially when you are a veteran in the NFL. Mike's up in Yonkers. Going on, Mike? Hey, what's going on, Gio? How are you? Good, man. What's up? Not much. Listen, booms. I mean, come on now. That's a Labatt Blue Light. Oh, is that that's what, what it is. was. Okay. Yeah, that's sort of like a northern Canadian type of thing, right? I, I guess so. Drinking on Breaking out of the tournament, your, your boys didn't, you know, the wasps, they would kill you. The chicklets guys, come on now. Yeah, I know. You know what they do? We, we do, when we go up there, we do drink Labatt. Yeah, there's no question about it. Or yeah. Molson. Labatt Blue Light. Is that what it is? Yeah, I guess so. That's what, it, yeah, I've seen it there. Look at that guy. That guy is, that's an awesome teammate right there. That yeah. That reminds me of being back in the day with one of your lunatic teammates that just completely loses himself. Yeah, and, and Eddie's asking, you know, was that a smaller beer can? No, that's a regular size beer can. He's got meat hooks for that's hands. Just, that, is, that is orangutan hands is what he's got. <laughs> that's what he's got. He's just holding that thing, and he, he makes it look like one of those mini soda cans that you get, right. you know? I mean, yeah, I, between Patrick Mahomes' dad, Pat Mahomes, looking at... <laughs> <laughs> Taylor Swift and her friends. Yeah, you got Brittany Holmes with the black hat on, and the I'm I'm Brittany because I got number fifteen on, and then you got <laughs> Jason Kelsey without a shirt on. Man, what a what a bizarre party that was, huh? Oh my God, yes, man. what a bizarre fun, party, and it worked out for him again, again. It worked out for him. Then you hear all this stuff too about like these these rumblings. Obviously, there was that fake report that dog got duped by where. Andy Reid was going to retire before the game. Um, but you hear all these reports about how or rumblings that, that Andy Reid could actually step away um, after this season. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know where he's at mentally. It's hard for me to sit here and judge health-wise, whatever. But, I mean, they. this is like an all-time run. Oh, right yes, now. it I mean, is. This is and a, it's going to continue. This doesn't happen all the time. And if he is healthy enough and he can do it, like you can't you can't bail on it now, man. I mean, is Patrick Mahomes going to take his team to like ten or twelve straight AFC Championship games? I mean, it's possible. Uh-huh. I mean, he's lost guys too, man. I mean, it's not like yeah. I, like you know? I was saying yesterday, they don't have Tyree Kill, but they do have Isaiah Pacheco. They do have a top five defense, and you know, and they still have Travis Kelsey, who's very good at what he's doing. And they found Rasheed Rice. You also hear things about. You know, Kelsey may retire, too, with Jason Kelsey. Like both Kelsey brothers may retire after the year. Well, but I, I mean, can you see know, him retiring because he's got Taylor Swift that he's going to marry this summer, right? Yeah. Or he's going to pop the question this summer or something. Yeah, and, and, and by the way, I did. I, I said that they were going to get married. He said, when does this end? When did they break up? I said, I think they're getting married. You could just feel it, and it does feel like it's trending in that direction. Um, but we had this same thing going on a couple of years ago, right? Like with Sean McVay and Aaron Donald. Remember that? Yeah. Like Sean McVay and Aaron Donald were going to retire. McVeigh was going to go to the booth. Like, well, all this stuff starts creeping up at the end of the seasons about weird retirements. Well, 17 games is a long time, and Jason Kelsey doesn't miss a lot of games. No. And that's, that's, that is some serious, serious, serious damage to your body.
There's no, and you can't even imagine what it must be like for him on one of those tush push plays at the bottom of the, all of that humanity. Oh my God. Listen, man, we, we used to do this thing. I thought it was the dumbest thing in the world. It was Bellport football before the game. We would pile on top of each other. So, like, people would get down on the bottom. Yes. And then the entire team would just go on top of you. And how someone didn't die during this. And then, like, you had to strategically, like, not be the guy underneath there because the weight, because there was, we had like a million guys on the team because no one got cut. So, if you wanted to play, you played. So, there's like the weight of of 75 men on top of you. I in think, football you know pads. what? I, re- I think my. Senior year, we're playing at home at East Islip, and I want to say it was either Amityville or North Babylon did exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And we just stood there like in utter shock saying, what are these idiots doing? It was the worst. It was the absolute I think they made the JV kids... Oh, they, no, you do, and then but, all the uh, then all the varsity kids jumped on top of them. Yeah, if you if you were right, if you were an underclassman or you weren't a starter, you had to like at least try to get in there at some point. And I remember, of course, the one time, or the last time I did it, and then I was just like, I, I can't do this anymore. Where I got down, the, like one of the first ones, <laughs> Coach Sip just like kind of stood there for a while, and then like he had a conversation with the ref, and like he hadn't talked to us yet, and I was like, Help! Oh, <laughs> I mean, you think you're going to die. I know. I mean, it is. It, I mean, and then, like, you know, they're just waiting, and then normally it would be quick. And then, like, you got to wait for everybody to unpile and just, like, oh, You know, why? thinking about that you guys used to do that, too, and that uh, doesn't surprise me because that's, like, the dumbest thing. It really was the dumbest thing. And, and <laughs> so, you know, the tush push for talking NFL football, guys hitting you, like, I, I'll never quite understand that, but at least the, 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 being on the bottom of a pile of uh, the 70 men, I do understand that. Yeah, but, you know, at least the tush-push, there's there's an ending, and hopefully it's a first down, right. and you're trying to accomplish something. But to run out on the field, dive, dive on the ground, and have your entire team jump on top of you is the dumbest thing I think I've ever seen. Yeah. I looked at that, and I was like, yeah, we did that. That game's, the game's over. Yeah, yeah. We, no, <laughs> right we... there, the game is over, because... You know, three or four of those guys have knocked, either had the wind knocked out of them <laughs> or somebody busted a finger or separated his shoulder. I oh, mean, my God. Jesus. And, and every time you could hear people at the bottom just like, oh, get off, get off. Oh, enough of this. I can't breathe. Oh, God. Would you have, uh, like, if you were claustrophobic, you couldn't do that. Oh, you know, and, and I am. That's one thing I am. I am not good with the tight spaces like that. <laughs> It was it was brutal. That's why I mean I did like if you go down there once, I felt like you were good for the season. You know what I'm saying? Like if you and I and I'd be like, listen, I did it last week. I already did this, but you got to sacrifice <laughs> oh, yourself. I could once. definitely see you doing that. I, oh hey, hey, I did this once. I'm not doing it again. Hell, man, I didn't want my sternum cracked. And if you make me do it again, I'm quitting. <laughs> Basically, yeah, dude. Yes. It was that was it was frightening. I mean, honestly, when you're at the bottom of that thing and you don't know when you're getting out and like you're you're it's tough to breathe and you can't inhale because there's weight on you and Push you're like shoved into the ground. I told you it was like when uh, Bob Golick was Bob Golick. Who's the other Golick brother? Mike. No, it was Bob. It was Bob. Yeah. It was Bob Golick who uh, I fumbled a snap in Cleveland and he was the nose tackle for the Browns and he was at the bottom of the pile. You know, he's trying to rip the ball out of my hands and everything. And he was on DMSO. 
That's that ointment that they put on horses. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So they put he he had DMSO on. So the side effect of DMSO is horse breath. I mean, literally <laughs> horse breath. And when you're on the bottom of a pile and he's a, <gasps> oh my god, he's trying to grab the ball. I mean, it it is like I I was gagging at the bottom <sighs> of the pile. I was like, oh, god. And then that week he was supposed to make a, an appearance at my boot store in Cleveland. You canceled it? No, I told him. I said, if you ever do this crap again, just whatever you do, don't show up at the store with DMSO on your body because you stink. Right, you're gonna ruin the goddamn event. I mean, you gotta. I have you some have some professional like I don't etiquette. Cooth. Cool, serious etiquette. You you Neanderthal weirdo. God, you're putting horse liniment on your ass. <laughs> God almighty, and it's coming out your mouth. Oh, it's disgusting. God, I can't even imagine the stuff that guys were doing to their bodies back then. Oh. Like the, the steroids and the and the horse ointments and the God knows what. Jesus. I mean... The it, Adderall. Adderall, yeah. Well, Adderall came in to... That was the, the Legion of Doom was all on Adderall. Yeah, Legion that of thing. Boom. Boom. Yeah, the Legion of Boom. That was Who was the, the Legion of Doom? Was there a Legion of Doom? Was that the... That was that the, the movie? Raiders. The Road Warriors. Wrestlers. That Legion was a of Legion Doom. of Doom? Yeah. It also might be like a comic book villain situation. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Legion of Boom was, yeah, of course, the Seattle secondary. That's right. And they got nabbed for that. Didn't they? they? Did. A couple guys got suspended for that? Yeah. And then like in baseball, like Greenies, which was essentially like pre-Adderall, Adderall was like a big thing with the amphetamines, right? They yeah, because they, they had to get up every day after going out late at night. We should have a bowl of amphetamines here in the newsroom for us. I mean, just, you know, pop them. You know, you know how the, the architect's got all the candy in his office? Yes. You should replace that with Adderall and amphetamines. I mean, that would just be so much better for us. You just pop in there. Instead of a Starburst, you take a Adderall, and then boom, we're focused for the show. Shows would be better. I, I think so. Yeah. I mean, we would be locked in. You know, I mean, get those little mini Twix out of there, and let's get some drugs in there. <laughs> it's Boomer and Geo on the fan at CBS Sports Network. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Uh, Boomer caused a zoot suit riot yesterday on the NFL today. It was the talk of the world with your pinstripe suit. And you're going to go back to it for the Super Bowl. That was some breaking news this morning on Boomer and Geo that this was not a one-time thing. The zoot suit will be coming back for Super Bowl 58. It's a big deal, man. It's a huge deal for Victor Talbot and you. Zoot suit, right? I think you look yeah. great. Right. Thank you, Jerry. I appreciate that. Some people like it. Some people don't. And I don't What's really not to like? It. Don't really give a flying. <laughs> you know what I got a lot from um, from my Italian friends? They didn't like the fact that you know you being a Norwegian was trying to pull off the mafioso. I, stop it. You that was that it. was I'm offensive sorry, to guys. them. I'm sorry, guys. That was you don't offensive. Own it. You know, Benny the Taylor liked it. 
Victor liked it. That's all I care. You know, they said they look like Sean Stellato, Tommy Cutlet's agent. Huh, good. I like it. I should have wore a hat, too. A top hat would have been hat. really cool. I'll wear cool. a top hat this week on the road in Baltimore. Oh, save that for the Super yes, Bowl. Yes, exactly. Save anything. A top hat in Vegas? Yeah. A show mod. By the way, we have, I'm sure we had huge uh, audience last night because I could tell by my uh, feed, which I could tell every week, you know, most people are more worried about what we're wearing than what we're saying. And then, of course, uh, you know, next week we'll have a, a huge audience for the AFC Championship game. Yeah, I can't imagine the number that this game is going to get, the Bills-Chiefs game. It had everything. It had an earlier start. It had two great teams. It came down to the end. It's freezing across most of the country. People are not out doing things. It's a Sunday night. You get ready for work the next day. I mean, this is going to be a massive, massive audience. It could break records. Like, I think this game could break records for Divisional Weekend easily. Uh, all right, Jerry, what's going on, man? We're brought to you by Town Fair Tire. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. And this was a close game. It was a back-and-forth game. We had it on the fan. Westwood won. Kevin Harlan. There's the shotgun snap. Hand off Pacheco. Knifing his way. Touchdown. He gets in over the left guard. He just had a burst, and it gives Kansas City six. Touchdown run. Isaiah Pacheco. And that was Kevin Harlan. Great point. Westwood won. Makes yes, you wonder why they wouldn't have handed it to him the next time they were down there as opposed to my Cole Hardman. Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. Cole Hardman had a fumble earlier in the game, too. Yeah, I I don't know. Andy Reid, as smart as he is to put the ball in that guy's hand in a critical situation where he could basically, you know, put the bills away is is crazy. It's nuts. It was amazing. I think the bills ran some like 47 total plays. Four of those 47 were kneel downs. So essentially, they ran 43 plays. They had 21 first downs, only four for. And only four third downs, they punted once and they scored twenty seven points. Mm. <laughs> yeah, in, in forty one plays. Yeah, not too bad. So the go ahead touchdown by Pacheco. Then later in the fourth quarter, not with time winding down, but we were under two minutes. You had the Bills with a nice drive, didn't get in the end zone. Was that the drive Diggs dropped the ball onto? Yes. So later on, here you go, the fourth down play. The snap is good. The ball put down. The kick was up. No good. Wide right. Wide right. The Bills kicker missed a field goal. Wide right. Jubilation for the Chiefs sideline. 143 to go. Missing wide right from 44. And Kevin Harlan would oh. one, yes. And then Pacheco would get the first down, and so and Bills would run out of time. They couldn't didn't have enough timeouts left. They couldn't and stop the Chiefs them. Run it out. Yeah, they couldn't. Exactly. They convert, and that was it. Do you have the Bills call the missed field goal? Not much. Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not great. Give me one second, and I will pull. I figured they'd be devastated. Yeah, it's not as bad as you think. Snap by Ferguson. Hold by Martin. Kick by Bass is on the way. And it is no good. No good wide to the right. Gotta be a good coach, call. Gotta Nothing. give Coach Cow credit. But you know, he was talking in the studio with us as this drive is unfolding. And we're talking about, okay, we're going into overtime. <clears throat> he goes, No, we're not. So why not? He goes, I don't trust the do you trust the Bills kicker? Do you trust this situation? <laughs> And I'm like, well, it's not Harrison Butker, it's not Justin Tucker, but, you know, let's give the guy his due. He had a good season, and sure enough, there it was. But not only was. that, too, there was still a lot of time left for Mahomes to get down the field and 
get them in position to win it, even if he made the kick. Yes. You know? And if Paul Allen, the Vikings play-by-play guy, was doing that, I mean, you've heard him at the end oh, of these yeah. games. Yeah. He's like, wide right, you got to be effing kidding me. <laughs> You're Again, right. don't do it to me. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's true. I think part of that, though, is that there was still a lot of time left, and they had it, the game wasn't over. Even it's though it, right, but I mean, at that point, you're talking about well, a football game, and it's wide right, no doubt, for the Bills. We wait. There's a snap. There's a kick. It is up. It is no good. No one missed. Four seconds left. The Giants have won Super Bowl 25 by the score of 20 to 19. Scott Norwood missed, and his moment in the sun. Oh boy. <sighs> yeah, is that Jack Buck. Is that who that is? I'm not sure. Yeah, it, it yeah, was. Yeah, that's who it is. It was. Yeah. Tough. Man, tough, tough, tough to be baby. this morning. Uh, here was Josh Allen. Do not blame this loss on uh, Tyler Bass. You know, I wish it wouldn't have been put in that situation. You know, it's, it's you know, you win as a team, you lose as a team. He threw for 186 yards and a touchdown in the loss. Also ran for 72 and scored two times on the ground. Uh, Sean McDermott knows Chiefs continue to stand in their way postseason time. Obviously, the season just got over, but... Uh, we'll turn over every leaf this offseason, and, um, you know, I'm fully confident in this football team, fully confident in our staff, and, um, you know, we're within a whisker of tying, tying that game. And maybe- well, they didn't tie the game, but they were close. Uh, here was Andy Reid. The D uh, didn't start so great, but uh, pretty good late. Defense started off a little slow, and then they picked it up. I'm so proud of them and the job that they did uh, in that second half. Spags had a great game plan. <clears throat> and the guy, he made a couple of little adjustments there, and the guys did a nice job with that. And as you point out, the Chiefs didn't have the ball a ton, but when they did, they made it count. Patrick Mahomes threw for 215 and two scores. He gets that road playoff win at Orchard Park, not in Kansas City. But as he points out... Yeah, I think guys took it as a challenge. Um, I mean, obviously, I mean, I'll, I'll say that we played the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. We lost that one. I didn't like to bring that one up. But, I mean, it's it's we've played basically road road playoff games before. I guess he's tired yeah, of yeah, the but Yeah, but that, that playoff game was also the COVID playoff Super True. Bowl. There are only 25,000 fans there, and... Tampa Bay's defense beat them up pretty good. That was also the stuff with um, Andy Reid's son going into mm. that Super Bowl. That that had an adverse effect on the team. You know, uh, I was just thinking about Patrick Mahomes. He, going into this game, he had played 49 road games. He was 38-11 in those 49 road games. That's a pretty good percentage. Yeah, so now he's 39-11 and 11 on the road. 39-50. Wow. That's 78%, right? That's oh unbelievable. God. That's pretty good. Uh, Chiefs-Ravens, 3 p.m. Uh, we'll have it on the fan. It'll be on CBS, of course, the AFC Championship game, which is where the Chiefs lived, uh, have lived for the last six years. Meantime, the Lions don't get to the championship game very often. Matter of fact, you got to go back 32 years, the last time they did it until now. Now motion across from Amon Ross St. Brown. The give is to Reynolds, up the middle, and into the end zone for a Lions touchdown! touchdown earlier this year and now a playoff touchdown. Yep, that was Kevin Kugler, Westwood 1 on the fan. Lions win 31-23. That was part of it. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Eight catches for 77 yards and a score. Jared Goff 287 and two TDs. Here was Dan Campbell. Solid offense tonight. Offensively, we knew we had to be patient against that defense and uh, and it paid dividends in the second half. So, really proud of, of everybody it's a part of this. And Goff played well and talks about playing for Dan Campbell. Dan's 
the greatest leader I've been around and, and has cultivated this culture we have and um, our belief in each other pretty significantly. And, um, yeah, you think about the dark times there early on in 2021. A lot of people calling for his head. A lot of people in this room calling for his head. But look at them now. They're going to go play the 49ers in the NFC Championship game. The Bucks go home. Todd Bowles, thoughts afterwards? Our message is obviously we're disappointed because anything short of the Super Bowl was our goal. Uh, we weren't good enough today. They fought all year. I was very proud Baker of Baker Mayfield, 349. It's Phil. so hard <laughs> to say goodbye <laughs> Three, to <laughs> yesterday. Ooh. Two INTs. <laughs> oh, boy. So you've got Chiefs-Ravens at 3, and then you'll have the Lions and the 49ers at 630 on Sunday. And I play one more from this Nightcap podcast because Shannon Sharp sounds like you now as I listen to a little bit more. Okay. No, no, when you talk about the criticism from players' families. All right. When they were talking about this cowboy mess that's going on, here was Shannon Sharp in terms of when he played. When you in the stands and you talk about that sorry, you know what, that mofo can't do this, that might be somebody's son you sit next to. That might be somebody's husband. So everything you've mentioned for years and years, he echoed right there. He's right, too. And I mean, it's like, it's one thing if you have... So we we would all go home and we would all complain privately that this guy screwed up, right? You know, whatever. And everybody does it. It's just natural. Now you got social media and everything else, so everybody has an opportunity to get their voice heard. Okay, fine. But man, when family members start getting involved and it's public and they put it on the, the out there on Facebook or on X or whatever else, I mean, it is just. I mean, that's a bad job at the family members, like. Just, hey, pipe down, support your loved one, great, but don't rip into his teammates. Right. Get rid of Dak ass. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was C.D. Lamb's mom, apparently, that said get rid of Dak's ass. I mean, she owes him an apology, at least. I would certainly think so, yeah. I wonder if you're C.D., do you reach out to Dak? I would. If, if you there think is, he would? Do if you think there he is, would? I don't think he would. If they're as tight as... They claim to be. I, mean, I would hope so. Just gave, just threw him like 150 passes this year. I know. And Mike, what are um, you doing? And made him a lot of money because I'm sure he's up for an extension too. Yeah. yeah. How, about, how about your your son dropped the pass on the sideline and his body language sucks. I mean, you see all the people like, and so what she said on Facebook, CD's mom was not just all in one post. Like it was the first thing was Dak ain't it, and then other people were responding like agreeing with her, and then she kept going on and on and on and. So, like, that's the classic echo chamber situation where these people are probably sycophants to her because CD is her son. And then it just spirals and spirals and you sit there complaining on Facebook. Like, it kind of kind of happened here. Most with adult Zach women Wilson's do. Mom. Like, like Zach <laughs> well, Wilson's mom, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. On Instagram, yes. Think about if you're doing, if you're on the fan in Dallas this morning, you're talking about Tad Prescott. Yeah. Whatever Parsons Brothers' name is. Whatever C.D. Lamb's mom's name is, it's not about the team. It's about the siblings and the About parents. the drama behind the scenes. Holy cow. What a mess. Uh, Clippers beat the Nets 125-114. L.A. ends the game on a 22-0 run. They outscored Brooklyn in the fourth quarter, 41-15. to At number 14, Illinois beat Rutgers yesterday, 86-63. to You've got Hofstra and Stony Brook coming up later tonight. The Rangers beat the Ducks 5-2, to and they did it going away. Benajad, long pass off the boards to Kreider. Saved by Dostoliga, and he scores on the rebound! 
That was Sam Rosen on MSG. Kreider on the storm. Had a goal and two assists. Rangers uh, score four times in the third for a 5-2 win. Will Coyle tied the game midway through the third. It was Artemi Panarin on the power play with the go-ahead goal. Uh, here was Coyle on his trip. You know, we were just trying to get pucks on net all game and um, just try to fight to the front of the net. That was kind of, you know, my plan all game, just get to the front of the net. And um, it's a great shot there by Troops to get it through, and I just got to stick on it. Rangers now 29-15-2. As for the Islanders, we know now about the coaching change to Patrick Waugh. How about an overtime win? Matt Barzell, a nice defensive play to take it from him, but now Barzell starts ahead, banked it on for Bo Horvath with a path to the net. That was Brendan Burke on MSG. Like how the hell does this happen? Three to the final. Like n- this came out of absolutely nowhere with Patrick Waugh. So no, I mean, obviously, no, if, you're, if you're an Islander fan, no, you've no, been no, following I, the team. Well, yes, it, the, with the coach, but Patrick yeah. Waugh. No one was saying that. Well, Lou Lamarillo knows all about Patrick Waugh, and, and I think I, I don't want to speak for Islander fans. I certainly don't want to speak for my son-in-law because I don't discuss this stuff with him. But I, I think this team needed a wake-up call, and this is a huge swing. I mean, this is like, okay, baby, it's you know, it's the bottom of the ninth. I'm trying to save a season, and I need somebody in here who's going to change the uh, communication completely, like blow it up. Yeah, and that's exactly what Patrick will do. He'll come in here now. Look, he's a hothead, and he's going to say, look, when you're coming to the bench off your shift, you better be coming full speed. No, no lollygagging to the bench. That kind of crap. Right. And he's going to, you know. They're, when you look at their their statistics, and I was reading this morning that Patrick Waugh is an analytic guy, and he can see that at the bottom of the league, the Islanders are in, in so many different categories that he knows exactly what needs to be fixed. And number one is going to be defense, and number two is going to be breakout and to limit the turnovers. So this this is a huge swing by Lou Lamarillo. Um, I think it's. I would think if you talk to the majority of Islander fans, you would think that they like it. Oh yeah, it's just and obviously we knew all the blown leads in the third period. We talked to Peter Schwartz about it last week. It's just that Patrick Waugh, who's a Hall of Famer, you know, you're talking about Canadians, Avalanche, hasn't coached in a while, no ties to Lou previously. I don't think. Well, or they Long know Island. each other. Of course they, of course but they, they know, know each, each other. other. It just, I right. mean, that was it was his, shocking. His best buddy was uh, uh, Mike Bossy, or somebody he looked up to was Mike Bossy. I, I mean, should say because they were neighbors. But it was shocking. It was him. It's, it's no doubt. I, I listen. Peter Schwartz sat in here and said, "What about Bruce Bruce Brujo?" But he did not mention Patrick Watt at all. But I, I have to say, like, if there's going to be a swing, you want to make a swing. This is the swing. CBS Sports Network had a great graphic up. In seven years, the amount of different coaches and managers we've seen in New York been is ridiculous. It's been terrible. Look at that number. I know. I mean, my God, between the Islanders, the Rangers, and the Mets, oof, crazy. I mean, you you go from uh, Tortorella to Elaine Vigneault, David Quinn, Gerard Gallant, to now Peter Laviolette, Jack Capuano, Doug Waite, Barry Trotz, Lane Lambert, now to Patrick Waugh. Oh, my God. I a mean, lot of uh, names. A lot of names. Like you uh, got to have some stability somewhere along the line. Well, look at the Yankees. Joe Girardi, Aaron Boone. There you go. You got stability. Uh, Devils, Golden Knights tonight. Nick Dunlap won the American Express. He's an amateur. Hey, uh, by good. the way, read this. This is a picture of Nick Dunlap. Okay. okay. And there's a quote on top of it. Now, Boomer pooped all over Nick Dunlap earlier this morning. I did what not is it, what over. It, I did not. What does it read? Wow. It says, what does it say? It says, pressure is a privilege. Yeah, that's right. And, that and, is right. And, and you know it's true. But, you know, the live slaps weren't there.
Nor will they be. I know. So it doesn't matter. So good for Nikki Dunlap, man. I that hope he goes tremendous. on to win lots of tournaments and lots of money, and then he gets a chance to go to live. Right, for $50 million a year. <laughs> right. All right, Boomer and Geo coming. To you. They're not knocking on his door right now. I mean, they might not. be. They might be. <laughs> right. Boomer and Geo coming to you live at the Bill Ford Tough Studio. Hi, Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. <clears throat> right as Jordan Love was having a pretty good first half against the San Francisco 49ers, there was a video and picture circulating of the Green Bay Packers' former quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, who apparently got a hole-in-one while this was going on. <laughs> now, Of course he did. <laughs> So I have to give credit to Sean Morash because he's the first one to put this out there. He said, if people actually believe this was going, this this actually happened when Jordan Love was playing the way he was in the first half, then I got, I got a bridge to sell you, essentially. No, it probably did. But it is funny to think that Aaron Rodgers would be that narcissistic to be like, you know what, my replacement is in the playoffs and the divisionals keeping with the San Francisco 49ers. You know, let me put something out there just to reestablish my dominance. Oh, yeah, I just had a hole-in-one, oh, by the way, Man. with my torn Achilles. <laughs> I think about two teams in the NFL right now, the Packers being one of them, and the other one being the Houston Texans. They got the coach and quarterback. They're good. They got young players. They got plenty of money underneath the salary cap. I mean, these are teams that are going to be really good for the next 10 years. I mean, they should be. And by the way, Green Bay is the youngest team in the league. And when you see their wide receivers, like nobody really knows who they are. It just goes to show you that wide receivers are a dime a dozen, man. You don't have to draft Marvin Harrison Jr. just to get a, a big play wide receiver. There will be probably 18 to 20 wide receivers coming out in this draft. 15 of them you've never heard of uh, that are going to be really good players. And when you take a look at these players that the, that the, uh, the Green Bay Packers have and the offense they're running, I mean, would Aaron Rodgers be doing that? That's not, well, his, that's not his game. I mean, the last year he – right, you, you are right about that. And the last year he was there, he did have the thumb injury, and they came up short, and they had that chance to go into the postseason by beating the Lions at home. They couldn't do it. So, uh, I mean, it's easy for me to say no, he wouldn't be doing it because you're right. I mean, it it is not. And he – but then again, I mean, Aaron, I wouldn't be surprised if Aaron Rodgers came back this year for the Jets and, and had a phenomenal season. Well, I is, can't this, put anything past that guy. This, this offense that they're running is the, the go-to offense in the NFL. It's the San Francisco offense, the Miami offense, the Texans offense, uh, the 49er offense. I mean, this is the Packer offense. They're, all these guys are all from the Shanahan tree. You know what I mean? Yeah, very incestuous. I mean, and they all are having Zach Taylor, same thing, the Bengal offense. They're all having major success, and that's why, you know, you think about the offense coordinator for the Miami Dolphins. You think about Ben Johnson for Detroit. I, ben Johnson, we're being told, or at least I was told, that he is the guy that's going to be the commander's next head coach. So it seems like it's a done deal. It's been back-channeled, and everybody knows that it's happening, at least internally, that has not been reported anywhere else, I don't think. But I do believe that Ben Johnson, the OC of the Lions, is going to be the next head coach of the commander. All right, so that's the scuttlebutt amongst the NFL elite. Right, So, and also congratulations to Antonio Pierce. Yep. He gets the Raiders job. Good for him. Good move by uh, 
Mark Davis keeps the players happy. They still have to find a GM. That's that's the thing that they're looking for now. And apparently Tom Coughlin is going to advise Antonio Pierce as he fills out his staff, which is awesome. That's a cool Giants connection. And you, you lean on the greats. You lean on the people that you worked for. So that is, that is good. And he's going to have what? to get a great offensive coordinator there. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. And I don't know the answer to this. I, th- I think this guy is working for the league now. But, and I know I see him on NFL Today every now and again. I mean, uh, NFL Network every now and again. What, like, what's going on with Jerry Reese? Like, why doesn't he get another chance? I don't know. I, I have mean, no did idea. Did he not build two Super Bowl teams? Uh, yeah, I mean, especially that, that first one, that draft he had in 2007. Uh, Ahmad Bradshaw was a part of that. There was a million guys that drafted that year that contributed yeah. He brought in Antonio Pierce. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I, was, I would think like, if you were Antonio Pierce, like that guy would be the first guy that I'd make a phone call. I'm assuming that they have a good relationship. I am assuming that, but I don't know. Yeah, I, but I, I think Jerry Reese works, I think, now for the league. And I think he also works for NFL Network, and he does a lot of draft stuff and things of that nature. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I mean, there's really nothing in... That I'm seeing right now, what exactly he's doing. I mean, and he hasn't been the general manager there. I mean, this is since a general manager. Won. He won two. Yeah, well, you know, Patrick Waugh hasn't coached since 2016. No, no, no. What my 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 point is oh, is that he hasn't gotten another job in a very long time. He won two Super Bowls. I know. So I'm, yeah, I'm hammering your your point. You're very very aggressive today. You were very. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's all the people with the suit. I mean, I'm just I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying it's been a long time. Since he's been the giving, people with the suit. The people mean? all over you for the suit. I don't know if you're taking some that people, out. I don't know if this is misplaced anger. I don't know if it's misplaced anger here. I don't know what it is, but I'm, I'm agreeing with you, and you're, 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 you're uh, slamming me. You slam me with the Patrick Waugh thing. You slam me with the Bob the, Wiley the, loved the suit. Terry Prissett loved the suit. Jeff Ruby loved the suit. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Archie Manning loved the suit. Did he? Yeah, look. <laughs> Yeah, look at that. Archie Manning? Yeah, Archie Manning. It's pretty good. And I told him, I said, thanks, Archie. It's back from your day. Hope you guys are well. Yeah. I mean, I, I got a lot of Pat Fazio, Fazio uh, you know, uh, Joe Winter's buddy. <laughs> Loved the suit. Yeah. Hey, I got a lot of I got a lot of people liked it. A lot of people didn't. I don't really care. It doesn't matter. But you do remember it. Yeah, yeah. I um I just I'm just saying there's something going on. Like because I'm agreeing with you and you're snapping right back at me. I don't know what it is. Monday morning, me lack of sleep or something. I got I no know. sleep. I had to watch the Ranger game when I got home last night. But like I was They're playing out in California, for God's sake. But if you go back, just to recap that whole thing. So I was going back to see the last time I was a general manager to to, to make your point even stronger. About well, thank how you. I he's been out of the league for a while, and it's, and it's silly that he's been out of the league. And you're like, well, Patrick Blasen coached in 2016. What does that mean? Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little tired this morning. I'm with you. Uh, well, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not. We're 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 a team here. We're and I got to do Monday QB today on CBS Sports Network today. Well, hey, it's a privilege to be on TV that much. These That's guys the way I look just, at it. They're they're grinding me into the ground, man. Hey, Super Bowl year for CBS. Top talent has to be out there. This is what you were made for. These top moments. Talent. Top talent. Yes. I mean, think about it. Look at all the people that were commenting on what you were wearing yesterday. The millions and millions of people that are watching Million, the NFL today. Millions. Millions and millions. Yeah. And now you're back out there, CBS Sports Network. Then you're going to be AFC Championship game. is going to be a huge number. Super Bowl 58, Vegas. I mean, this is this is your time. You know, you can't be you can't be napping. you got to be out there. I am out there. <laughs> you got to be the out Super there. Super Bowl's greatest commercials, too. Don't forget that. Is that this week? 
Next week. Oh, it's next week. It's after the the championship game, so I think Tuesday, Wednesday, next week. Yeah. You know, I've got uh, I've got a, a rough week as well. I've got to go to the DMV this week because for some reason they're going to suspend my license because I haven't had an eye test. I don't I don't know how this happened, but out of nowhere I get an email that says you've got X amount of time to come in and get an eye test and we're suspending your license. What the hell does this come from? You know what? Because you're a legitimate taxpaying uh, citizen to just up your... <laughs> They're just all over you. CBS Sports Network. Hi, Boomer Geo, coming to you live from the Bill Ford Talk Studio on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. Another classic between the Bills and the Chiefs. Last night, Josh Allen gets his season ended once again by Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. It reminded me of the New York Knicks. Back in the 90s, who were very, very good, but then would run into Michael Jordan, and that was the end of that. That's what Patrick Mahomes is. He is a guy that has I mean, done everything to this point, except for win road, big road playoff games. He did last night. He's got another one right in front of him. And this has been Lamar Jackson's season. He's going to win another MVP. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, after the game, was asked about the Ravens quickly by Tracy Wolfson. He said they there are, there are no weaknesses on that team. There is nothing that they don't do well. And he's not just saying that to pat him on the ass. He's, he's right about that, the way that they have played. And, yeah, they got off to a little bit of a slow start against Houston in the first half. But they came out and pounded him in the second half and sent a statement. So that is going to be an incredible game. And this is just like Josh Allen had the opportunity to slay the Dragon. Now, they have gone up against each other a lot more. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes have gone up against each other in the postseason. But in order to be the guy, in order to be the man, you got to beat the man. Woo, exactly right? right? That whole yes. thing. So this is this is your shot now. You got Patrick Mahomes and you're building Lamar. That MVP's, that MVP's not going to mean a thing if the Chiefs go in there and beat you in the AFC Championship game. Right. So when you look at the last three games that the uh, – that the Baltimore Ravens have played. They beat the, the Niners 33-19. to They beat Miami 56-19. to And they also beat uh, Houston 34-10. to I mean, they are loaded everywhere. They can run it. They should get Mark Andrews back. I thought they would get Mark Andrews back last week, but they're going to get him back this week. And they got Zay Flowers back last week. You can see the impact that he had. Odell Beckham Jr. is making some plays for them. He is. And Lamar Jackson, you know, he, he threw it for like 160 yards or whatever, but he ran for 100. Like, when I when I watch uh, Josh Allen and I see Lamar Jackson, when they want to go get a first down, they will go get a first down. They're amazing that way. And even Patrick Mahomes last night did that, where he faked the flick, the defender jumps up, and he goes running down the sideline. So these quarterbacks are a special breed, man. I'm telling you, they are just Amazing. And Lamar's different this year. He's more mature. He's more in charge. He's got a handle on the offense. And, you know, it was interesting watching that game, the beginning of the game, you could see that Baltimore wanted to get him involved early. He was running with the ball. They were calling pass plays. They were getting him out on the edge because they knew that he hadn't played football in 20 days. So they knew there was going to be a little bit of rust, but now he's back into the, the mix. And his second half was brilliant. Yeah, it absolutely was. So this is uh, definitely his year, and he's talked about it. He's one of those guys that's that's not all about his own brand. He's talked about from the beginning, Lamar, about how important that Super Bowl is, and that's why 
you know, that's why John Harbaugh loves him so much. I mean, it's it's about it's about winning. We always talk about the interviews in the combine. These guys love ball. What are they doing? What do they want? And yes, he went through his contract negotiation and he wanted to get paid like everybody else. Uh, but it is it is important to him to to be on top of the mountain, and it's just so difficult to get there when Patrick Mahomes is in your conference. And well, it's not just Patrick Mahomes; it's Josh Allen, it's just Joe Burrow. Yeah, no, I know. I but mean, Joe Burrow's been hurt. We forget about him, but you know, listen, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, um, you know, lost the game to Joe Burrow. No, I know he did, but then last year they beat him. Uh, the Chiefs beat Joe Burrow and the Bengals and went on to Played win another Super Bowl. Bounds. What's that? A late hit yep, out of bounds yep, by the right. Bengal defense. God, I mean, I hated that game. I hated that call. That was so annoying. I was so mad. Yes. I mean, I was all in on Bengals last year. Mahomes killed him. I was all in on the Bills this year. Mahomes killed him. So, I, I mean, I can't. I, I don't know if I could pick against the Chiefs. As, as good as the Ravens are, I don't think I could pick against but them you're, But you're right about uh, Lamar. I mean, he wants to crash the party. He doesn't want the, this to be. He doesn't want to be Ben Roethlisberger to the Brady Manning. He yeah, but Ben be, got two though, man. I know, but he doesn't want to be Philip Rivers to the Brady man. Yeah, that that there. That's yes. probably a little bit more uh, accurate, sim- simply because unfortunately for Philip, he didn't win a Super Bowl. Right. And Lamar's right there. He's got the best team right now. They have the best team, and they are loaded. They're loaded on defense. They're loaded on offense. And the one thing I noticed about Mike McDonald, the defense coordinator for ba- uh, Baltimore, this past weekend, man, he knows when to dial up a blitz. He knows, and when he brings the blitz, they come. They 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 bring it and they bring it fast. It's it's numerous guys coming from different places and they kind of confuse CJ a little bit. But the good thing about CJ is he never turned it over. Never like in other words, he was aware not to do that. And most quarterbacks, young quarterbacks, you know, would have really struggled in that situation. And you could look at the numbers and say that he did struggle. I don't necessarily know that his team helped him out all that much, but I will say the future is bright in Houston, man. Is really bright in Houston. So you got quarterbacks like Jordan Love and now C.J. Stroud, who is an AFC quarterback, who's going to be joining this party. Yep. And what I love about some of these guys, and you took—I always tell you—the most important relationship in professional sports is the head football coach and his quarterback. And of course, you got Andy and Patrick, and you got John Harbaugh and Lamar. Those are two of the stronger relationships in the entire NFL. At those two. Very, very important positions. I mean, the NFC, I mean, Jared Goff and Brock Purdy. I mean, these guys have been, they've been great. I'm not trying to knock them. It's just, it's it's amazing. You look at the difference between what you have in the AFC, the experience, the MVPs, the, everything. And then you got, you know, two guys. One of them's going to be in the Super Bowl. Either Jared Goff or Brock Purdy. That uh, different routes. I mean, Jared Goff, number one overall pick, played in a Super Bowl already and lost it. That I think they were held to three points in that game, whatever it was, in that Super Bowl. But I mean, different routes to get there. But one of those two guys, I mean, you, Jared Goff, might play in his second Super Bowl. Well, good for him too. Yeah. And I'll tell you, it is a redemption tour for him. And he and Dan Campbell certainly figured it out. And he's only got one year left on his contract. Will be interesting to see what contract they give him. But then I was thinking back to the Baker Mayfield draft, the year that the Cleveland Browns took him first. That was the Sam Darnold draft. That was the Sam Darnold Josh draft, Allen, Josh Allen Lamar draft, Jackson. and Lamar Jackson yeah. draft. You think Cleveland would want Baker Mayfield back? They would never say that they would, but, I mean, how could you not? I mean, he, he won a playoff game for them. He obviously made it to the divisional round and, and played relatively well here with the Buccaneers, and the guy that they have now is locked into this massive contract you can't get out of, 
and he never plays because he's hurt. So well, it was interesting. I, I did catch uh, Joe Beningo a little bit on Saturday. And they were talking about the most important thing for the Jets is to get a legitimate backup quarterback, which is it's true. It's right because they definitely need one because they didn't have one this year. But two years ago, Joe Flacco was on the team as the legitimate backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like he wasn't like they didn't take care of. They had him here. Yep, they did. But he didn't play the way he played for the Browns with the Jets. You know, and that was a big problem, too. Like, I didn't think. I mean, they were talking about bringing Joe Flacco back when they were going through some of the issues that they were with the injuries this year. I was like, no, oh, he God, called no. And they said no. Yeah, I mean, and I don't I don't necessarily blame them that much for that because he wasn't. I mean, he didn't do anything here. But they went with Tim Boyle. Yeah, Timmy Boyle. Yep, they did. What a, what a disaster. Uh, let's go to John. He's calling from Staten Island. What's going on, John? Hey, good morning, fellas. Thank you uh, for, for taking up the phone call. Um, two questions, if, if you will. And I'll preface this saying I'm a quarterback coach, Boomer, and an offensive coordinator, so I kind of watch these games with a little bit more scrutiny. And uh, let's start with um, the Bills. Josh Allen, probably the second the second to last play of the offensive possession, when he had Stephon Diggs open on the underneath route. Um, why do you think he, he didn't see that open right away? Because he kind of motioned in Stephon Diggs. And he was open right away on the corner. He was. He was. You know why? Because he was waiting to throw the touchdown pass to the seam route that he hit Gabe Davis on a couple years ago. And he ended up short-arming it because Chris Jones was actually pushing the pocket back into him. Deion Dawkins got pushed back into him. Do you think he was just trying to take do too much? Because not for nothing, he has enough time to hit the underneath route. And then they're having the timeouts. Like, they couldn't really, like... Killed the clock and like really methodically pushed that ball to the end zone. Yeah, he he was looking to he was looking for a dagger shot. That's what he was looking for, and he had the wind behind him, and he had the defense that he wanted, and he had the guy open, and he just ended up. Look, he short armed it because of Chris Jones pushing Deion Dawkins back into him. If he was able to have a full, I think a full follow through, he would have got the ball there because it was the same thing that they hit Gabe Davis with when they played Narrowhead a few years ago. So I, I think he was thinking touchdown all the way, and I know what you're talking about. He also had on another one where he threw to Diggs to his right. He also had James Cook on the left, wide yeah. open, yeah. and he decided to yeah, go to Diggs absolutely. instead. Um, and my la- my uh, last question has to do with San Francisco. Uh, my sons are San Francisco fans. They love um they love those guys. Brock Purdy. Do you think that was more Debo got hurt and they were kind of big big time on a Debo scheme that week? Or do you think it's a little bit concerning that Purdy hasn't looked as sharp recently? Well, I would say that he needs Debo back if they can get him back anyway this week against the Lions. But because I don't think the Lions' defense is all that great. I don't. No. And I, I think it's a little bit of both. I think that Brock Purdy hasn't been as precise. And obviously, Debo not being there changes their offense. And Purdy's going back and forth in the rain with the glove and the no glove well, and all Pur- that. Purdy was good until they ran into the Baltimore Ravens. He was having a great season. He was right there at the top of the MVP. And then he threw the four interceptions against the Ravens. Yeah. And, you know, they tried to get him back the next. He played well the next week. It it wasn't great, but they won. They ended up getting the number one seed. A lot of of this happens to do with with him. And it was interesting watching the game the other night. I mean, he took a lot of shots from the pass rush. He stood in there. He made some really good throws, and more importantly, I think he was five or six on that last drive and got his team in the end zone. Yeah, and this Niners defense, you mentioned it earlier, it has to play better because that that is why everybody was picking them to 
win the Super Bowl was not just because of those guys on offense as they had this elite pass rush. They brought in Chase Young. Nick Bosa was already there. I mean, they got Dre Greenlaw and they got, I mean, Warner. It's just like on and on and on with these great players. And and they haven't played up to their, well, they didn't play up to their potential against Jordan Love and the Packers. Another defensive coordinator now, Steve Wilkes. I don't, I don't know if he's getting everything out of the defense that he should be. Yeah. And I, you know, I could tell that Kyle Shanahan is pretty frustrated on the sideline. Mm-hmm. You could see when they cut away to him. You know, like, you know, why is this guy wide open? Why are we not prepared for this? Especially when you play against this all our offense in practice every week because they're running the same freaking plays and you and you guys aren't prepared for this. I mean, I, you know, what I saw a very disappointing performance until late in the second half when they finally started getting some interceptions. But, you know, these some of these guys are wide open, which is not 49 or like. No, it, it is not. So I mean, that is gonna that that's the thing to keep an eye on more than anything. And where was the pass rush, by the way? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean a- that Green that Green Bay offensive line did a great job against Dallas and against San Francisco. Yeah. So that, you mean you have a great offensive line with the Lions as well, which could be you know the best, uh, and that's why Jared Goff's able to stand back there and, and rip it in the way that he does. So that's going to be a hell of a matchup between that defensive line of the Niners and the offensive line for the Lions. Rob in Florida. What's going on, Rob? Hey, guys. Good morning. Good morning. What's up? Hey, this is a little bit of a, of a, of a, of a bet, but hey, remember Hard Knocks, that, that magician Oz Perlman? Yeah, yep. Remember what he did with uh, McCall Hardman, how he had him pick the Super, Super Bowl? Bowl? Yeah. And do you remember who he picked? He picked the Jets and the 49ers. Yes. And who is McCall Hardman with right now? The Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, maybe, maybe McCall Harvey knew he was going to be in the Super Bowl, but he didn't know he'd be playing with a different team. So what I'm saying is this, the, 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 the score was 31 Jets, 21 Niners. So I'm putting a little, a little bet, a little bet for the Super Bowl with that score. Just okay. Yeah, why not? I mean, you know what? The, the, don't go crazy because we're talking about O's the mentalist, but why not have a little fun with it? And I, that guy's everywhere now, man. He is really made. Uh, himself pretty famous after that hard knocks thing. Well, it seems like a lot of NFL teams use him. Yeah, I don't. I mean, that whole goldfish thing was just nuts. I don't know how the hell he did that. Like that's one. The other stuff I can kind of figure out. Maybe there's a way to do it, and it's impressive still. But to to produce a live goldfish out of nowhere, right? How's that happen? I don't. Listen, it's a, he's a mentalist. Was he? Does he have magic though? Is he like a like? Do you think he's got real magic going on? No, I don't think he has real. How magic the hell does he do it? Slide a hand and certain things that he probably can lead people to. I would imagine. I, I don't know. I, 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 don't I thought know. you'd know yes. about this. No, I don't know about. You this. know about O's? No, I think it's I know O's. who he is. Yeah. But I'm I, I'm not sure how they do what they do. <laughs> but he is at the top. Of his craft. How much do you think it would uh, cost to book him at like the booming celebration? Six figures? Oh, easily. I would, I'd think about 50 grand, I would think. Somewhere in that name. I'm thinking he's, he's up to six figures now, this guy. Maybe. He is. He's like the guy. Remember we were talking about the Jeff Dunham puppet guy? Mm-hmm. Like he's at the top of the ventriloquism I game? had him before he was that. Yeah, see, now you're laid just on the like, game with those. like Hootie and the Blowfish had them before they really hit it. Yeah, you got to find that. Because right now... O's too big, too big, very big. That is a, I mean, that's a huge check you'd have to write to get that guy there. Unless he would do it yeah, out of goodness. Yeah, but I'm not, in, I'm not interested in that. 
I mean, I think, I mean, that's, it's impressive. Everybody goes nuts when they watch this guy. They do, does. they do. But I can understand, not your thing. Uh, Eric in the Bronx, what's going on, Eric? Yeah, how's it going, fellas? Yeah, uh, I want to talk about what I think about the end of, ga- uh, the, end of the game. Yeah. Uh, with the Bills, and I think that any team that's down by three points, like Josh Allen was with the Bills, uh, they, like, relax and knowing that they're going to, get a game-time field goal. Now, I think that if the Bills were down by four points, I think that uh, they had no choice but to go for a touchdown. So that receiver that he had in the end zone, that he threw the ball into the ground in the end zone, if they were down by four points, I think Josh Allen would have fired a bullet for a touchdown. But knowing that it's three points, uh, the team would settle for a game-time field goal. And that's what I think is what happened. Yeah, Eric, I think that's nuts. There's no way that Josh Allen mentally did not make the best throw possible because he could have tied the game with a field goal. I mean, he wasn't hit, but he was influenced by the rush. As Boomer said, he short-armed it, didn't get it there. He wanted that touchdown in the worst way. He had the same, you know, I, I don't know if it was the exact same play, but the receiver that he was throwing it to was where Gabe Davis was when he did that at Arrowhead. Yeah, it was the same same, right. same kind of feel to it. And Josh knew it. Josh had him. He was wide open. Yep, he was. Play was there. Didn't happen. Hats off to Chris Jones influencing the throw. I mean, but he wasn't like, you know, let me just short arm this ball because we have a chance to kick a field goal. There's no way he's thinking that. All right, so you got your four best teams left. Uh, who do you want in the Super Bowl? <sighs> I... The Niners. Oh my God. Uh if you got the if you got the Niners, you know, and the Chiefs, that's a that's a rematch. I know. I don't like it. I, that's a Jimmy Garoppolo Super Low, Super Bowl. See, I, I wish I could say the Lions. I just can't. I just I cannot rooting for a team in this division that hasn't won a Super Bowl, I can't root for another team in the division who's never won a Super Bowl to get to the Super Bowl. I can't do it. It just it, It's impossible. But I know it's a better story. So I'll say Niners. I guess I guess the Chief, Niners Chiefs would be the best, I guess. That's what I'm going to say. Okay. But, I, I, but honestly, I don't, I don't even... I don't even care. I, I don't. I don't care. I want to see good football games. I want to see a good Super Bowl. At this point, I'm not rooting for it. Everything I've rooted for up until this point has gone to hell. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It real everything I root for in sports goes to hell. The only thing I actually that I was rooting for was that that 20 year old kid to make that putt to win the PGA, and he actually drained it. So well, that, that made was me feel the, good. was it a team that was an individual? So that was a little different. But still, it was sports, and I was rooting for something. So at least I had that. <sighs> Quickly, Dan and Comac. What's going on, Dan? Hey, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up, man? Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't know I was on. I, I called you guys uh, I don't know, a month ago. It's my second time. But I was just listening to uh, you guys talking about Oz Perlman. Yeah. I had, uh, by the way, Kinequat guy, I, I talked to Sip and Champy. I played against him, which is a hell of a battle. Um, but Oz Perlman, I had him at my, eight years ago, my daughter's 13, uh, she was 13, backyard party with a bunch of girls. The guy was getting cell phone numbers from like their passwords. It was unbelievable. So I, I have his cell phone number. I called him just recently. Yeah. And it was probably $15,000 to, to come. I had to call his agent. He was really cordial about it. 
Wait, that was it? 15 grand? 15 grand back then or 15 grand now? 15 grand now. Really? Well, to go to a ago. birthday party in your backyard? That was about a year ago, but I think that was probably getting shafted on that one. But he, he sent me to his agent, and uh, the guy was just amazing, and I love to watch him and follow him. Man. This, this guy, he needs to fire that agent and get a new one, because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm thinking six figures, and this guy is showing up for 15 grand. Well, your I mean, that was a year ago, but I, now he's doing all these things with the NFL. He's probably doing that for a couple of years now, so... I don't yeah, know. I would think so. You see teams paying him twenty grand to show up. I, that's what I would think. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't show up if I were him for that when he's doing all this stuff now. Yeah, yeah you would think it would be more money, yeah. Right, like, no offense to, to Dan, but, like, he gets something out of going to an NFL team, right? He's on Especially hard knocks. on hard knocks, People yeah. are Instagram, there's going to the it's backyard. stuff. You love to see, like, Joe Burrow's re reaction right. to him. And yeah. that's all over social media, you know? Yeah. Do, you know, finding the goldfish in, in the middle of Holbrook in Dan's backyard is not the same thing. Oh, and by the way, I meant to bring this up, you know, as you guys were talking about the suit that I was wearing yesterday. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes wore the same suit, almost the exact same suit, to the game yesterday. Was it too small for him, too? Or? Yeah. Boomer and Geo on the fan at CBS. I'm Boomer Piper. Make me. What did the rest of the NFL today have to say about the suit when you rolled up yesterday with the pinstripes on and the double-breasted jacket? It was jacket. interesting. I got a lot of compliments. I got a lot of comments. What did Phil say? Uh, what did Phil say? Nothing nice, I'm sure. <laughs> a lot of 20s gangster vibes is what a lot of people were bringing Yes, up. I get it. I understand. Yeah. And uh, Nate seemed to really like it. Coach said, wow, that's quite the suit. <laughs> JB said, man, somebody's going to put you on their ticket. Mm. Yeah, that kind of thing. So I, I got some compliments, and some other people were probably a little shocked by it. Yeah. Which is fine. Which is fine with me. That's that's what it's all about. Absolutely. And there you are again, standing next to Nate. Yep. Nate went very traditional with his uh, jacket. He usually is popping with something. He went very did traditional you, but for did, this game. Did you see his shoes? Yeah, they were gray and like platformy. And square, like square tall, like he was going to go kick a field goal. Hmm. <laughs> Tom Dempsey. <laughs> As a very, it was a very light gray, like shiny light gray. Yeah, he's always got some outrageously cool looking footwear. Well, he can you know pull stuff. Look at look at this. you can't really see them there. Yeah, but yeah, look like were, clogs. Kind of yeah. Like the front of them looked like I could see where you would say that. Yes. I mean, I, I thought Phil might have put you up to that suit so people would stop looking at the lady glasses. I thought maybe this was one of those things where it was like, hey, shiny object over here. Forget about the lady glasses. Right. They what? were laying on his I uh, figured, desk. you know, it was a Sunday night. It was it was playoffs, and it deserved the respect <laughs> of the elegance. <laughs> mm. That's the way I looked You looked it. elegant. Thank yeah. you, Jerry. I appreciate it. You're that. going to, uh, you know, one of the Gambino crime family's wakes. <laughs> Yeah, I know that's a stereotype, and you're playing into it. So, oh, and you're—I guess you're Italian, so you can do that. I guess. Well, I know that you—the stereotypes really make you angry. Mm. I know those things, and how very sensitive you are to that type of stuff. So, okay. I'm sorry, very sorry. Norwegians uh, have been misunderstood for years and years and years and years. <laughs> like we're the forgotten people. The forgotten people. Yeah, it we is, are. It is true. Uh, all right, Jerry, what do you got over there? Brought man? to you by Town Fair Tire. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. We've talked about the Steph Diggs drop a few times this morning. Here's how it sounded on CBS with Jim Nance. From the 20. Our name was 
again launches one long for Diggs. Oh, and it went through his hands. Yeah, it would have been a catch, and it did go through his hands. Yes, it did. Would have been a monster catch. He does not come down with it, and that's part of the Bills' loss. 27-24 to the Chiefs. They would go on, miss a 44-yard field goal, as we know. Tyler Bass would, and then you would get the final snap. There's the snap. He goes to a knee. It's fourth down, and that is it. The bench is empty. The Chiefs have gone on the road and won in Frigid Orchard Park, New York. Kevin Harlan Westwood won on the fan with the final seconds as the Chiefs move on to Baltimore. Oh! Bills go home. Here was Patrick Mahomes through for 215, couple of touchdowns in the win, made sure to convert as many chances as we could. I mean, that's important. We knew it was going to be important because how good Josh is and how good their offense is. Um, that we were going to have to turn some of these field goals into touchdowns. Whenever we did have field goals, Harrison knocked them through. I mean, those were some tough field goals into the win. Yeah, tough conditions, but they did get the points they needed. Um, when they were leaving the field, obviously, he and Josh Allen, a little bit of a conversation, would you say? Yeah, yeah. man. It, 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 I said, heck of a year, man. Uh, it's, I mean, I've, I've been on the other side of that. Uh, it's tough. You put in so much effort and work every single game um, to play in these playoff games, and he played his tail off. Um, Six and well, the, the last time they round. met uh, at the midfield, Patrick was mad because of the call against Kadarius Tony. Sure, yeah, he was conveniently also... wasn't playing in this game. Uh, well, he's been down for the last couple of weeks. I'll tell you I that Valdez uh, Scantling catch Patrick Holmes, Nancy carried his knee. That first <laughs> series coming out in the second half was huge. Yeah, they went right down the field and scored a touchdown. <laughs> Here was Josh Allen. Hard to see the season end. Here, there, everywhere. It doesn't matter. Um, just losing sucks. I don't know what else. It's say. over. 26 of 39, 186 and a touchdown. Also ran for two, 72 yards. Isaiah Pacheco for Kansas City, 97 yards and the go-ahead touchdown. So you'll have the uh, the Chiefs and Ravens from Baltimore on CBS, 3 o'clock on Sunday. We'll have it for you here on the fan as well. Now, the NFC is all set. We saw the Niners beat the Packers on Saturday night. And then on Sunday, Detroit was up late in position. Baker leans in. There's the snap. Blitz comes. Mayfield back. Loads. Throws. Picked up yes. by the Lions. Intercepted yes. by the Lions. Intercepted yes. by the Lions. Derek yes. Barnes. Derek Barnes. Yes. Derek Barnes. <laughs> oh, baby. one thirty-three to go. The Lions are going to yes. San Francisco. Yes. Derek Barnes with the interception. They're so excited, and you can understand why. Lions radio with the call. They go on to the 31-23 win. Jared Goff, 287, couple of touchdowns. Here was Dan Campbell. Game wasn't easy. Hats off to the Bucks. Baker, I thought, played really well. I got a ton of respect for Coach Bowles and what he's done. We knew that was a tough team. That was somewhat a mirror image of us, so... Uh, we delivered body blows, and you know, and ultimately, we did what we had to do to win that game. Baker is Baker Mayfield threw for three forty nine, three touchdowns, but the two picks, including that one, that kind of sealed it. Um, here was Mayfield. We battled all year long, just didn't end the way we wanted. Coach Bowles said it. It's nobody's going to give us a chance from the preseason rankings to uh, when I got picked up. Nobody was going to give us a chance, um, and just everybody's backs against the wall and fighting for each other. And uh, played well, just not well enough. And so they are done. And Detroit goes to San Francisco at six thirty on Sunday. Last hour, we were talking about the different announcers, and you brought up uh, Paul Allen. Yeah. So I went and searched a couple of clips. So I just put together these are four little clips into one twenty-five second thing. Left-footed punt, bad punt. Rager runs up on it. Their punter's terrible. 
and it's intercepted at the three-yard line. For some reason, Jalen Rager stopped running the route. Yeah, get him off the field. Are you kidding me with this Jalen Rager move? What are we doing? <laughs> How the heck is this guy in the league? Bounces at the 15. Of course, it takes a bad bounce for the Colts because their punter's terrible. <laughs> oh. through the flag. Well done. Well there done. We well done, you cheaters. Go ahead and keep cheating. <laughs> you know what the best part of that is? That's all from one, one game. game. Yeah, <laughs> I think that was actually the game that they came back like down thirty three. Not the cult game. If yeah, that yeah. was it. That was the one. Yeah, I mean, he just lets it fly. <laughs> he lets it fly. It's pretty funny. I'll play this only because there's a follow up to it now. Um, and again, because I don't want to read it. This is Shannon Sharp reading the Terrence Parsons tweet. <laughs> We've got a lot going on with the Cowboys families here. Michael brother Terrence Parsons Jr. tweeted, "I can't wait because y'all really clueless out here." Laugh my, you know what off. The greatest crime to this man is being done by his own organization. Y'all gonna miss miss him when he's gone. So obviously he took a lot of heat on social media for saying that. It's all of, bizarre. Of all the things that's been said on that podcast, he stopped himself from saying ass. I guess so. Yeah, I don't. I don't <laughs> I mean, know. Chad Johnson says mother effort every <laughs> other word. I don't know. He said he was gonna split well, Megan Stallion like a quarter to three, but he can't <laughs> say he can't say ass. <laughs> What I think, I think sometimes maybe he's confusing that he's on a podcast or on TV. Or perhaps when he was reading, the word wasn't spelled out. I don't know. That I'm not sure. The update is Micah Parsons apparently last night uh, tweeted, quote, any comments made by Terrence Parsons Jr. are his and his alone. As you know, if I have something to say, I'm not afraid to say it. Love my team, my brothers, uh, and the city of Dallas, and I'm more committed than ever to bring it to So he's basically saying he doesn't speak for for me. Yes, I said. Brothers are dope. This <laughs> <laughs> friend's amazing. What's going on? Yeah. Uh, Clippers beat the Nets 125 114. LA ended the game on a whopping 22 0 run over the final five and a half minutes to win that game. Uh, Illinois beat Rutgers yesterday in Champaign 86 63. You've got Hofstra and Stony Brook coming up later tonight. Uh, Rangers Ducks, not a great game for the first couple of periods, but the Rangers exploded for four goals in the third for a 5 2 win. Uh, Will Cooley tied the game midway through the third. Artemi Panera in the go-ahead power play goal. Here was Cooley on his goal. Obviously very important. You know, we were just trying to get pucks on net all game and um, just try to fight to the front of the net. That was kind of, you know, my plan all game, just get to the front of the net. And um, it's a great shot there by Troops to get it through, and I just got to stick on it. And deflected it in. Chris Kreider, a goal and two assists, 16 saves. Igor Shesterkin. Uh, the Patrick Wah error started for the Isles with a 3-2 win over the Stars in overtime. Bo Horvat with the game winner there. Uh, tonight, the Devils take on the Golden Knights. And we've talked a lot about Nick Dunlop uh, this morning, the 20-year-old that won the American Express in La Quinta. So here he was afterwards. I watched him. I can't find this, him saying prefer- pressure is a privilege. I'm sure he did. He that was started. earlier in the week he was saying it the whole ah, time. Okay. So it wasn't after the Because I watched his yesterday. press conference and then him with Golf Channel on the course. But the one thing that kept coming up, how are you feeling on 18? Because it wasn't, a, I didn't realize, it wasn't a chippy. I mean, it was a, it yeah, was a chip to make a putt. Yeah. Right. And he did. And he also said on 18, he, did, he thought he had a two-shot lead, not one. Um, so how were you feeling when you stood over the putt at that point knowing it was to win? Most nervous I've ever been by far and um, just try to breathe. But also, um, look up and enjoy it a little bit. It's a really cool spot to be in as an amateur and, and just to be here and, and be given the opportunity to play. And, um, you know, I, I just, I don't ever want to, you know, forget today. 
Yes. Uh, first, good for him, man. First yeah. amateur winner on tour since well, nice young man. Yes. You now we hear He's so excited. much about all these Gen Z D-bags and how it's going to ruin the country. Guys like Nick Dunlap are still out there, right? He's still out there. Guy like him. I didn't realize Saturday he shot 60. I thought mm-hmm. he shot 62. I didn't realize. 60. Yep, at 20 years old. Not too bad. A 70 yesterday to uh, win the tournament. All right, thanks, Jerry. It is Boomer and Geo coming to you live for the Build Ford Tough Studio. Hi, Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. There was a Instagram video that went out of Rob Gronkowski, Julian Edelman, and Danny Amendola in a hot tub somewhere. And they were playing the song uh, Bad Boys for Life, which is a uh, P. Diddy song. We ain't going nowhere. We ain't going nowhere. We bad boys for life. And they put, where you at, Tom Brady? And Tom Brady responded on a beach without a shirt on. He said, you got enough shirtless dudes in that hot tub. I think I'm good. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of kind of funny. Good for guy. Tom Brady. Good for Tom Brady. Like, Tom I, Brady was in the neighborhood last week. That's right. He was at one of your favorite restaurants, that's wasn't he? That's right. Fouquet. Fouquet. Yes. I think he was doing a little Fouquet with uh, Arena Shake right after that. <laughs> I was shaking it all right. <laughs> Oh, baby. So he's back on that now. I guess that thing died and he's back. Well, so, you never know how these things you know, progress. They, eh. Hey, listen, everybody thinks that uh, Travis and Taylor are going to get married. Well, they, that's right. I was. I, by the way, I was the first on that. I will take credit for that. I was the first one. You were. Speaking one. of that, let's go to Michael in Rockland County. Michael, what's happening? Hey, what's up, my man? Uh, how we doing, guys? First Good. What's up, Michael? Speaking of uh, Taylor and... Travis, I wanted uh, Gio to rate uh, his celebration, shooting her a heart in the box uh, after he scored a touchdown. Also, Boomer, go Devils. Thanks, guys. Oh, wow. Oh, easy with that, Mike. Uh, so I, I don't I don't have a problem with them dating. I think that it's nice. I think they're both two very – they're good people. They're very successful. I'm glad that they found one another. And if he wants to do that up to the box to his girlfriend that he's in love with, then then that's great. The thing that bothers me is I can't get away from her. Like, I, even when I, I, I just can't. Whether I'm driving so home. Popular, though. I'm driving home. So beautiful and, um, and so much involved now in this whole you thing. You put on any music radio station or any, like, Apple Music or Spotify playlist of pop music. It pops up. Every song pops up. You put on a football game. She's there. I just, my my daughter plays, a, Sabrina plays the, one of her old songs. You know, uh, it's like something like Romeo and Juliet or something, one of her, b- before she got super, super popular. Um, it's Love Story or some song. That's on in my house. Liz, I can't I can't get away from her. That's my problem. All right, so here, here's the deal. Um, like, if if they make it to the Super Bowl, <laughs> wait, she's going to be front wait, and center. Wait, wait, there's Patrick, there's Patrick Holmes Sr. <laughs> See? Yes. So let me ask you this question. Yeah. Do you think a hardcore Swifty, I mean, a real hardcore Swifty is tuning in that wouldn't watch football. Like, because we were told yesterday, fathers and daughters are now watching football together because of the potential of seeing Taylor Swift. Mm. Now, when you turn this on and you see her and you see her potential brother in law <coughs> standing behind her shirtless drinking a beer, how do you think the Swifty really feels about this? Uh, I think that. They're into it. I think that they don't care what what's around her. They'll find out. Oh, that's the fun brother of Travis. They love Travis. I don't think that that bothers them. But I mean, 
But it's that is the screenshot that so Patrick Mahomes Senior. It's when he turns around and looks at them. That's that's the moment. Is like right now he's looking and then they start celebrating. He turns around with this face of disgust. It's just it's just the greatest. His like mouth is open. He just looks annoyed. And you know that that guy is the coolest man on earth. Um, no, I think I think they're into it. I don't know. I just they're in love. That's great. I, I mean. I don't want to. I just. I don't need to see her all the time. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah, you do. Show, I mean, show, show, look so up there. Look at there. <laughs> there I mean, it is. They are so popular. You got to understand, man, how popular look she at, is. Look at them. Look at them in the corner, holding yes. the beer, turning around, like, what in the hell am I doing here? Hey, how did Brit- this happen? Brittany Mahomes. How did this happen? And then, and then you get Jason Kelsey in the back. I mean, this guy is like, I like. He's like white people, man. <laughs> That's what he's saying. It's like, how did I get here? How did this happen? Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> so do you think Kyle Juszczyk made the jackets for the ladies? I'm sure she did. Uh, she's uh, she's very wife. talented. Ka- yes. Kyle Juszczyk's wife. What's her name? I forget now her first name, but she is very, very is it talented. Isabella? <clears throat> Not sure. No. I should know. It's a bad job, but yeah. um, she's very, very talented. Uh, Andy in New Haven. What's going on, Andy? Uh, good morning, gentlemen. I got to say, I unfortunately, I was driving for the first half of the game, so it was kind of by fate, but I listened to the entire Bill Chiefs game on the radio broadcast last night. First of all, Kevin Harlan is, is in my opinion, he delivers a master class every time he does a national game, understands the gravity of the situation. He's really oh, yeah. a fantastic broadcaster. I enjoyed it a lot. But there was not a single mention of Taylor Swift. None of the cuts to her in the, in, in the box. None of that. None of the nonsense. Just football and Listen, I was rooting for Buffalo. Didn't turn out how I wanted, but no Taylor Swift, no nonsense, just football. I got to say, it was extremely refreshing, and I'm probably going to put going forward in the, in the postseason now. Yeah, I mean, of course, it's it's more of a visual thing, Andy, that on the TV broadcast and seeing her. I mean, Kevin Harlan can describe everything, but there's really no point in bringing up Taylor Swift in the box if you're not seeing it. So it's a, I can understand. Hey, how you the, like only, that. the only reason, and I work with Kevin for all those years. And it always is football. But if we have a bad game, that's when sometimes the discussion would veer off into something else. If it's a good game like it was yesterday and you're all about football and you're all about the quarterbacks, you're all about, you know, the strategy that's being employed by both of these teams, that's where you're going on radio. Now, if the game becomes a blowout and then then all of a sudden goes, hey, you think, you know, Taylor and and Travis are going to fly home separately tonight or, you know, that kind of thing happens. Sure, but this was a great game. This was a great game, so it's going to take over. By the way, it's Christian Juszczyk. Okay, very good. Uh, Glad that you got that right. Let's go to Mike in Westchester. What's going on, Mike? What's up, fellas? Uh, Thanks for taking the call. I just wanted to say I heard what you said about the Swifties. My wife, who is uh, not a Swiftie by any means, but she is, She's been very heavily invested in all of this, Travis and Taylor, and she watches the podcast of the brothers. Um, last night, she went upstairs to the bedroom. I came upstairs. She's folding laundry, getting ready for the week, and she's watching the game by herself. So oh. um, there is something to all this that I feel like um, she is, like I said, she's very invested in all of this um, extracurricular football stuff, but it did turn her into watching the game, and I asked her what she was doing, and she said, this is a good game, and I'm into it. So... Something's happening here. I don't know if it's uh, good, bad, or, or indifferent, but something's definitely happened here. I think more eyes are definitely watching these games because of all of this extracurricular stuff. Well, right, so I got a question for yeah. you. So if the Ravens make it, we're going to see a lot of pictures of Ray Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> so it's either Ray Lewis or Taylor Swift. 
I think uh, I think football ends for her at that point. I would <laughs> yeah, but right. for. For right now, for right now, she's into it. So I, there's definitely something going on. So I appreciate you guys. I love listening to you, and I just want to let you. Know. Yeah, thanks, Mike. And it was sort of proven in the beginning. You saw a bump in the ratings when she was first showing 100%. up the game. So, but I mean, it's not like the NFL needed any more help. But there's definitely some more people. Uh, tuning in because of it. All right, Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Brisbane. A Brisbane is a vaccine for the prevention of lower respiratory tract disease caused by respiratory syncytial virus, RSV, in adults 60 years of age and older. A Brisbane is not for everyone and may not protect all who receive the vaccine. Don't get a Brisbane if you've had a severe allergic reaction to its ingredients. People with a weakened immune system may have a decreased response to a Brisbane. The most common side effects are tiredness, headache, pain at the injection site, and muscle pain. Ask your pharmacist sister doctor about Pfizer's RSV vaccine or Brisbane respiratory syncytial virus vaccine for full prescribing information please call 1-844-989-7284 or visit abrisbo.com brought to you by Pfizer as the football season rolls on there's never a dull moment or a shortage of thrills in this league the thrills are nothing new at Bay Ridge Mazda tired of that clunker you've been driving just bring it into Bay Ridge Mazda for up to two thousand dollars over book value all month long the time is now to make a trade. Head over to the place where everybody wins. Bay Ridge Mazda. Located on 4th Avenue and 90th Street. Or buy your car direct at BayRidgeMazda.com and have it delivered to your door. That's Bay Ridge Mazda, 4th Avenue and 90th Street in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. Attention patients of urologist Darius Paduk. If you were suspicious of Dr. Paduk, you were right. Call the DPHO law firm at 212-233-3600 to learn more. That's 212-233-3600 or visit atdlaw.com. Attorney advertising. Football Monday on the Fan is presented by Empire City Casino. Come join the $450,000 Tournament of Champions only at Empire City Casino. WFAN, WFAN FM, WFAN FM HD1, New York. Always live on the free Odyssey app. And it takes the knee of the New York Giants are the Super Bowl 42 champions. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. They knock off the mighty Patriots 17 to 14. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. All right, Boomer and Geo coming to you live from the Bill Ford Tough Studio. You know, I wanted to bring Yousef in this morning because Yousef is known as what? The happiest man in America. That's exactly right. right. And uh, get that microphone up. By yeah, yeah. yeah. you've been here long and enough I know to Yousef, know that. Yousef loves football like we love football, right? Yeah, Yousef? That, that's for sure. So I go out. I have to go to the bathroom. Yousef is doing his job out in the hallway out there. Yep. And Yousef and I exchange pleasantries. Of course. Yousef, what did you say to me this morning? I just. Say it to you, you know, you look beautiful yesterday. The suit was lovely. You look sharp and handsome. Thank you <laughs> very much, you said. And he said his brother liked it as well. I no, swear to God, his, my brother and his girlfriend. Oh, oh girlfriend oh, liked oh, it. Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. so thank you very much. You know, Mr. Boomer, you got a lot of, a lot of, a lot of mujeres, you know, a lot of. <laughs> <laughs> mujeres is Spanish. Oh, okay. Women. Oh, oh mojeres. Oh. A lot of mojeres out there. Wow, <laughs> well, okay. Listen, I appreciate that. Now, anytime. Anytime. Oh, who's, oh, 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 who's yeah, that? Is that your phone? You. No, no. You, you can. 
It's fine. You sure? It's not yeah, my I'm sure. I'm just, I feel like that, you know, someone's, hey, get off the air. Yeah. You know, get back to work. I don't want <laughs> no, someone no, to do it. I want to get you in trouble. You know no, what I'm saying? No, no, I'm good. I'm oh, good. All right, all right. Very good, Yusef. So that's nice. It's nice you gave Boomer a nice Thank compliment. You. Yeah, when you get hey. smaller, then you'll give it to Mr. Boomer. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? You should give Yusef some of these suits that you wear on the NFL today. That'd be nice of you to just say, you know, you wear them once and where do they go, right? Do they get sent down to. No, I wear them, I wear them a number of times. And some of them, you know, the last couple of years. I think you should probably wear that again Thursday at Tellers with our event with uh, Bill so? Cower. Yeah, that's what I think we should. That's what should happen. That's what we should do. Uh, yes, Eddie, you're trying to get in my ear several times, and it's now distracting. So Sorry about that. Yes. Well, he could wear it at the uh, booming celebration. That's right. You could wear it there as well. Yeah, maybe, maybe I will. That would be absolutely That's a perfect. 1920s theme. With a little pair of spats. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is a 20. Oh, it's a roaring 20s theme. Yeah. Yes, it is. Oh, nice. I didn't know that. Maybe I'm just getting warmed up for it. Wow. I love that. You got to give me the date on that, by the way. I don't think right, I have. I or do I have the date on that? I have no idea. Uh, let's go to Chris and Howell. What's going on, Chris? Hey, Gio. I I think you might agree with me that the whole like Taylor Swift thing kind of is turning people to root against the Chiefs, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. And also the quarter. It started with the quarterback documentary before the season started, where Patrick Mahomes kind of didn't come off as great, and all of a sudden Kirk Cousins was America's darling. So it started there, then the Taylor Swift thing, and it's just the natural progression when a team wins too much, the rest of the country doesn't want to see it anymore. And then, like, his brother, too, and, and then him complaining about the calls. Uh, yeah. It all, it all adds up, yeah. I mean, well, they, they definitely are the villain right now. Yeah, I mean, but you are seeing them more than you are other teams because they are so good. Well, yeah, of course. It was kind of like Brady and Belichick. I mean, it's the same thing with, with all, exactly, with the Patriots, uh, with the Miami Heat, with LeBron, with the Golden State Warriors, especially after they got Kevin Durant. I mean, this happens all the time. Uh, and there are contributing factors, and and this particular year there was a lot of contributing factors. The way Mahomes, exa- I've forgotten about that one, where the way he conducted himself against the Bills' regular season game at the end of it with Josh Allen, the quarterback documentary, the fact that Brittany Mahomes and Jackson Mahomes are people that the world seems to dislike, and then too much Taylor Swift in your face, and this is what happens. And the Kelsey brothers are also getting it's an oversaturation. It's a little bit of an oversaturation. So that's what you got. Yeah. That's what you got. So that's why, you know, I think most of America is going to be rooting for the Ravens in that game. I think, I think, well, but maybe I shouldn't say that because the Swifties are going to want to see this Chiefs win. But most of your average NFL, male NFL fan from 25 to 55 will be rooting for the Ravens. You know, we, we forget about this, but the Ravens, not only did they destroy the 49ers, they also destroyed the Lions. Only gave up six points to the Lions. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. They've been kicking everybody's ass all year long, and they are healthy. They're getting their guys back. I haven't heard of one injury that came out of the, that, uh, that game the other night. Now, Joe Tooney, the very good and all-pro guard for the Kansas City Chiefs, Looks like he may be gone. He may have tore a pectoral muscle in a game oh, in the game against Buffalo. I, that here. always sounds like the most painful thing. Did JJ Watt ever talk? I know he did that. Yes. Did he ever tell you yes. about that? Yeah, that sounds like the most painful thing. This, and you could feel that he says you could feel as soon as it happens. Yeah, God. I mean, I can't even imagine. And then that's one of those things where, like, you know, you, you take it for granted. I'm sure every time you move your upper body, you probably just. It's just, ah, it's, that sounds like a bad one. I mean, any torn muscle, groin. I remember when Mike Piazza tore his groin off the bone back in the day. That right. sounded horrible. But a didn't, pectoral. You, didn't you do something uh, physical this weekend? I did. I right. did. And how are you feeling? 
I'm a little bit sore, a little but, bit I, sore. but I made it through okay. I did uh, plenty of stretching. So I played... Uh, no, 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 no. That's not what it was. <laughs> Eddie is very funny, but it's not what it was. Yeah, this this thing actually... Uh, you had to, you had a paddle, didn't you? Yeah, it was... Uh, okay. <laughs> I did have a paddle. <laughs> it was, it was uh, paddle tennis. So I didn't realize that this was played outside. Yeah. So it's it's Friday afternoon. And, in a cage, nonetheless. Yeah, in a, in a cage. So a couple friends of mine said, hey, you want to go play this paddle tennis? We have a lot of fun. Gives us something to do in the wintertime on Long Island, which is like there's no healthy habits on the wintertime on Long Island. Just drink and eat and sit around and watch football. So I said, yeah, no, I'm in. That'd be great. So I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I'm getting dressed and I just got some shorts on and a T-shirt, just like a jacket and whatever, sweatpants I'd take off. And then guy calls me and says, yeah, just dress like, you know, you're going skiing. I said, what? So I'm like, oh, it's outside. So it's snowing on Friday. It's wow, windy. It's even better. It's perfect. And I go out there. And I'm like, man, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get through this. And uh, it was great. It was it was a ton of fun. And the the court is heated, and you could you know blasting music, couple of drinks. You're out there. You start moving around. You didn't even know that it's 25. Look degrees. at you, man. You didn't even know it was 25 degrees. Letting loose. That showed up on Monday all tight. Yeah, all tight. You're all tight. Yeah, I mean, I was using muscles I haven't used in a very long time. But uh, you didn't pull like a hamzilla, did you? I did not. No, no, no. I didn't. Yeah. I told you I stretched a lot before I went. I wanted to make sure that I was okay, especially in the cold. The, gotta be careful with the Achilles. Yeah, I, well, I know. That's well, that's my biggest fear. That's why I was stretching the calf like crazy. My biggest fear is popping that Achilles. And I know I, I don't even want to talk about it because I'm going to speak it into existence. All right, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's going to be one of those things. I'm going to talk about it so much. All of a sudden, there it goes. I'm gonna and it'll be right like at the beginning of golf season. I don't want to kill myself. Anthony in Northport, what's going on, Anthony? How you doing, guys? What's up? Any of you guys tired of uh, the Kelsey's being a bunch of attention horse? Uh yeah, it's getting to that point, especially with I Jason mean, yesterday. I mean, Kelsey's not even in the game, and he's sitting on TV with his stupid shirt off. I mean, enough already. Yeah, and he was out with the tailgate. They showed him a million times. He's jumping into the crowd. Oh. Uh, and then and Travis is doing a million commercials. I forget. He's got the Pfizer commercial. He's got that other one. It's some TV. I don't know if it's direct TV or something Remember, else. he's Mr. Pfizer. Yeah, he's doing that. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they are they are cashing in right now. They got the podcast that goes everywhere. They're cashing in. I mean, I can't. Listen, Anthony, I can't blame them for capitalizing on their opportunity. That's what everybody should be doing in this country. But, I yes. Was, I, I was thinking about this. I mean, Travis Kelsey was in Buenos Aires. Argentina this year, mm-hmm. <laughs> in the middle of the season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Think yeah. about that. Yeah, he was flying all over the place. Yeah, and I'm sure he's been back here to New York quite a bit on the private jet. I'm sure the private jet is just you know just using up tons and tons of gas. You know, hurting the environment and everything, and all that kind of crap. All, all that stuff. Yes. Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, but no, he is. That's the- a mixed message, doesn't it? What do you mean? What sends a mixed message? Just depends, you know, flying all over the place. Like, you know, you got to be locked in. Oh, you talk about him in the football sense, like, like well, he, on her in the global green sense. Oh, all right. I mean, all of it. Okay, but I'm happy for him. <laughs> Let's go to Doug, who's down in Texas. What's going on, Doug? Hey, what's up, guys? I was watching the game last night, and as the Bills kickers was setting up. I was watching with my son, who's 14, and I just kind of yelled at him, just spoke under my breath, and I said, oh, please don't be wide right, man. And the moment he kicked it, 
My son goes, what's wide right? Wide right, son. And I forgot who was announcing the game. Sure enough, they said it wide right. And my son goes, what the heck? why is everybody saying wide right? Yeah. And I said, I had it. So I had introduced them to Norwood <clears throat> and the big, you know, the disappointment that they had with Norwood. And, and when you watch that kicker sit down and put his head down, you could just feel that all 30 or 40 years of that history just fall right on, right on top of your shoulders. And I hope he doesn't carry that because I know Norwood took it really bad. Well, the one thing is like he's joining a very exclusive club. He could share and commiserate with Scott, and it's unfortunate. My buddy Frank Reich was the holder for that wide right for Scott mm. Norwood. God. You know, and th- this Tyler Bass field goal, too, I mean, it took a sharp turn. Well, like, the wind was blowing like crazy. Now, he had the wind behind him, but that <clears> thing was going left. I mean, he had to try to hook it to the left upright, which I th- it's I felt like he did. Yeah, I know, but it was going right down the middle, dude. Whoa! Just maybe, like me. Maybe drive it a little bit more. I don't know. I don't know, kicking, but... I mean, yeah, Jim Nance was the one obviously calling the game, and he brought it up right away. You know, two of the most dreaded words in Buffalo sports history. He knew what was going on, obviously. I do feel bad for that fan base. I mean, I see it's it's stuff like that. Like, there, I guarantee there are a ton of Bills fans today that just can't watch the highlights. They can't listen to the sports talk up there. They can't deal with it. And they're probably saying to themselves, like, why Like, why do I do this? Why? Because this is the way I feel when you get these devastating losses. Like, yep. why do I put myself through I, this? I know one thing. I, if they had won that game, it would have been great for them. But I don't think that they are a great matchup for Baltimore. I do think because Kansas City's defense is healthier and better, that Kansas City's defense maybe should, well, they, they should be able to contain Lamar to an extent. Yeah, I mean he's almost uncontainable, but I think there's there's more options with Steve Spagnolo as the defense coordinator with their group of guys to slow down Lamar as opposed to the injury riddled defense that the Buffalo Bills have. Yeah, and you see the grown men crying in the stands and how much it means to them. Maggie Gray. What was that? Maggie Gray. Oh, Maggie Gray. Okay, she, yeah, was, I didn't she, was, she was really struggling this morning. Yeah, she was. I mean, but. It's, and you think to yourself, like, all right, I have no, I've got zero control of this. I put all my emotions into it, and you get kicked in the face year in and year out. But then again, you don't want to emotionally, you know, cash in your chips because then as soon as you do that, then you know they'll go win a Super Bowl, and you feel like I never got a chance to really enjoy it. It's tough. It's tough being a sports fan. You know what I'm saying? It's one of the sillier things we do. You know, the amazing thing will be if and when Josh Allen gets to the Super Bowl and hopefully gets a chance to win one, and he does. How satisfying that will be. Yeah. Just like all the other Buffalo Bill quarterbacks that have come through and didn't get it done. All the Browns quarterbacks that have come through. It's not his fault the Lions quarterbacks. Did everything the possibly. Vikings quarterbacks couldn't hey, get it done. All did. these teams have never won a Super Bowl. How he satisfying it'll that be. That guy does everything he possibly can to lead that team to a victory. Of course he, he did. He can't freaking catch the ball. I mean, he'll run with it. He'll lower his shoulder. He'll do everything he possibly can. And then throw it and hit the guys in the hands, and then they'll drop it. Yeah, it's just that some franchises, there have been ones we've seen break the curses. Obviously, the Boston Red Sox, the Chicago Cubs, you saw the Denver Nuggets win a championship, and they never have. You know, I've seen this happen, but man, there's some franchises just feel like it just can't, it's just impossible. It's just not going to well, happen for you. Only one on this list is that franchise, and that's the Lions. That is correct. They're going to have a tall task in front of them on Sunday. Seth is out in Scottsdale. What's going on, Seth? Hey, guys. Good morning. Two, two in-game points. But before I get to that, um, quick question, guys. 
like all of us football fans, I always talk to my buddies more watching the game about premature celebrations, you know, before the plays finished and we make sure there's no penalties. I think, and I don't know if it annoys you guys, but when Kansas City plays with their yellow gloves and their yellow shoes, and when sometimes the broadcast networks have yellow graphics that aren't just the penalty flag, I think that the yellow, they should not be allowed to wear yellow because you never know if there's a flag or if it's a shoe. Yeah, I mean, I... It is confusing at times because, and it's not really, I don't think it's the Chiefs' fault. It's it's the refs' fault because we are so conditioned when you watch these football games right. and to wait for a flag that our brain just automatically goes to that. Um, but, yes, yeah. I have fallen victim to that many times, Seth. Yeah, I feel like the league should change the uniform policy. Two quick in-game points, uh, and I didn't get to watch both games in detail yesterday because I, uh, I was working, but I saw some of the crucial plays. The touchback with Kansas City. Mm-hmm. My buddy and I were talking about it. I feel like that that penalty is too severe. I think that if they, you know, if the ball goes out of the back of the end zone, the offense should be penalized, get the ball at their own 20, or maybe even a little farther back, depending on where the play started from, and maintain possession of the ball. It's such a crucial play. You know, it's amazing. Let's say Isaiah, I mean, uh, McCall Hardman's running with the ball, and he has the ball on the 10-yard line. And the ball goes out of bounds on the one-inch line. Mm-hmm. They get the ball on the one-inch line. That's right. It, it, I've been screaming about this, Seth, for the last 20 years. <laughs> I hate this rule. Yep. It is, it's just too it, – it penalizes the offense too much, and it lets the defense off the hook. And it sounds like that this offseason, the competition committee is going to take a serious look at it, so this might be the last time that we're even talking about it. It's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any I sense. I mean, if you want to say, okay, it's a touchback, put the ball on the – on the 20 of the defense, you can do that or put it on the five-yard line of the defense. I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. All I know is that it's, it, it's, it's too much of a penalty. It's too severe. Let's go to Kevin, who's in New Jersey. What's going on, Kevin? Hey, Boomer and Boy, Gio, what's going on? What's on, Kevin? What's happening? Hey, Boomer, I, was, I live in Hillsborough, New Jersey, and I was in Princeton, and somebody was wearing a really cool shirt over at a, place, a pizzeria, and he's on your board. His name is Jimmy. He said that he travels all over the place where you plays golf with you. Board with um, your son's disease. Gunner. Yes, yes, he I know who you're talking. Place. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yes, he he was the nicest guy I ever met. The most interesting person. He lives in Connecticut. Well, he lives out here, but he plays golf in Connecticut. Yep. Different. What a, an amazing man, and what a great story he has. I just wanted to tell you that how proud I was to talk to him. Well, thank you very much, Kevin. I appreciate that. Look That's that. my man, Jimmy Rosetta, is who he's talking about. And Jimmy's a great guy. He's been a loyal board member and, and uh, supporter of our foundation probably now for about 25 or 26 years. Awesome. That is great. I'm, yeah. I'm sure I've met Jimmy. You have met Jimmy and Roseanne. Beautiful couple and uh, uh, loyal supporters and uh, big... Uh, Big supporters, obviously, of Gunner and everything. One of the all-time greats, bro. One Jimmy of the all-time, all-time greats. greats the legend, right. Jimmy Rosetta, 877. Yes. <laughs> All right, it's Boomer and Gio on the fan at CBS Sports Network.
Brian Boomer and Gio on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Hey, Jerry, what's going on, man? Well, good morning to you. We're brought to you by Jack Pocket or official state lottery games on your phone. What are you laughing about? Pocket, what's that? What are you laughing about? <laughs> Nothing. Uh, we'll get laughing to it. about something. We'll get to it in a minute. All right. Uh, I got a very important football stuff, though, first. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we'll get to something that's important, but not. It's different. You'll see. All right. The, so Chiefs, the Chiefs won, right? How about this? I saw their offensive tackle. Donovan Smith said that the uh, Bills turned all the hot water off after the game on them. And that sucks, doesn't it? Oh, in, in that, Buffalo? In that situation, what? yes. That's what he said. Yes. Come on. They went to take a shower and the water was cold. <laughs> I mean, that's some petty stuff there, man. You can't do that. Is did you ever have to deal with that in your yes, playground? Yes, in Cleveland. Oh, my God. In the old mistake by the lake stadium. That they would do that. Stadium. Yeah, we go in there and you you know it's freezing. You go in there to go take a shower and there's no hot water. <laughs> oh, oh God. It's a lot of worst. shrinkage at that point. Yeah, no, it runs there like there the guy in the bass pro shop. guys on the airplane on the way home is what it is. <laughs> that too. And didn't aren't the Celtics, isn't the legend that they used to turn the air conditioning off in the opposing locker rooms for I teams in like all, all back May in the and day, June. Red Hour back when yes. we Yeah, sure. Uh, so the Chiefs do beat the Bills, which is why they might have turned the hot water off on them. I mean, they turn the heat off here on the weekend, so when we come in, <laughs> <laughs> it's freezing just to test us. I mean, I, you come in my office on a, on a Monday morning at 5 a.m., it's a legit 55 degrees in there. <laughs> because the heat's been off all you weekend. You know, it's amazing. <laughs> You'll play golf in 55 degrees, but you... But it feels, but it feels very cold inside. I'm not. Listen, I will play, and I'm outside, and I'm moving, and I love it. An office inside should not be 55 no. degrees. I'm sorry, it's a little strange. Just be sitting there with my space heater and a jacket, <laughs> logging into my uh, Odyssey. Computer. I have a friend of mine keeps the heat in the house at 61. Oh my god! And tells the kids. Put on some sweatshirts to keep the bill way down. No, I'd listen, I know all about it. I mean, when I'm not home, the, the heat is pumping like crazy. <laughs> you could cook a rotisserie chicken in my living room when I'm not there. You when have I, live palm trees in your living room. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like a lemur. It's just on the chandelier. But I, uh, I get home, I like dum, 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 knock it back down. Are you guys nuts? I got to yeah. get that controlled for my phone now. I got to do that because it's just it's killing me. Oh, where you do the setting right from here. Yeah. And then there's lock-in, so nobody can mess with it. back and forth. <laughs> 78, 68, 78, 68. It's incredible. Oh, man. Uh, so here is, this didn't end the game, but pretty close. Placement down. Bass's kick is up, and the kick is no good! A little prophecy! Tyler Bass has struggled, and he just misses the kick. He did wide right those two words that no Bills fan wants to hear. 27-24 would be the final as Isaiah Pacheco would be able to run out the clock, essentially, by getting a huge first down right after that. And the Chiefs advanced to the AFC Championship game for a sixth consecutive season. Three and two in those games, by the way, the losses to the Bengals and the Patriots. Here was Patrick Mahomes. They only had the ball for 21 minutes, but that's all they needed. He would throw for 215, a couple of touchdowns, both going to Travis Kelsey. He says, what a win. Yeah, that was fun. Um, I love Arrowhead, but uh, it's always fun when you get to come together as a team and really just be like y'all versus, versus everybody and, and get the win. So uh, it's always great to be in great environments and uh, find a way to get a win. Great for the Chiefs, not so great for the Bills, who lose yet again to the Chiefs. And now their season's over. This is one Josh Allen. Sucks. Losing sucks. Losing them, losing anybody at home, 
sucks. And as we know, these seasons go on and on and on now. 17 weeks in the regular season. The uh, preseason's three more weeks. The play grows an opportunity. You realize how, how hard it is to make it back here? You know, what we, what we had to win, what, seven straight, six straight, whatever the hell it was, to get to, back to this point. <sighs> Not to mention the roster changes every season. So, um, it's always tough. Tough for them, good for the Chiefs. They'll play the Ravens next Sunday at 3 p.m. We'll have it uh, with Westwood One. Well, with the good West news Ronald is, is that uh, the Chiefs and Bills will play less than a year from now back in Buffalo because that is on the Bills' schedule. How about that? <laughs> the rematch, if you will. But it won't count unless it's in the playoffs anyway. Right? If you're a fan... I mean, it'd be nice to beat them, but until well, you beat Patrick's, them in the playoffs. Patrick is 3-0 and versus Josh in the playoffs, and Patrick now has a 4-3 lead in uh, the seven games that they played against each other. In the advantage. Uh, Lions moving on to the NFC title game for the first time in 32 years as they beat the Bucks 31-23. Dan Campbell, look at us. Here we are sitting, uh, you know, one of the last four teams. That was, um, you know, that was that's the type of game that, that I envisioned uh, against Tampa. I mean, that's that's an outstanding team. It's a hot team. Um, you know, we knew it was going to come down to the end. Yeah, well, not good enough. Not for the uh, division champion Lions, who got the two home playoff games in a raucous Ford Field. Jared Goff, two eighty-seven, couple of touchdowns, and he really enjoyed these last two. I did. I enjoyed it, and um, okay, knew it'd be our last one in front of our home fans this year, and um, took it all in. And uh, those guys are. Uh, you know, mean a lot to us as a team, and and we're we're really impressed with it today. But did he enjoy it? <laughs> he did. Question. He enjoyed it. Like you said, he enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> Here was Todd Bowles. Uh, his team played hard, but in the end, the loss is a loss is a loss. And we fought. Obviously, anything short of the Super Bowl is a disappointment. It's not what we we didn't come in to make noise. We came in to get to the Super Bowl. So from that standpoint, it's a disappointment. This was what his second year, right? Because Brady was with yep. uh, what's his name, uh, Bruce, Arians. Bruce Arians, in two years for him. Uh, here's Baker Mayfield. Sounds. You know, a lot like Josh Allen in terms of losing. It sucks. I feel like my heart just got ripped out. But it's football is a complex game, but it's also simple. It comes down to taking care of the ball. And he did turn it over a couple of times, including the interception at the end that pretty much sealed it for the Lions, who do advance to play the Niners 6.30 on Sunday. Uh, another game we will have for you here on The Fan. Um, this one's a, this is off the beaten path a little bit, and it's not – it's just – Another example of how society is such filth. Did you see the story, the Katie Mock story with her? Oh, yes, it was in uh, Output on the show sheet. Yeah, with her, uh, they took her underwear or something out of her. What are we doing? I mean, that's obviously a panties lover. Yeah, I mean, it's just a pervert (laughs) who works for. (laughs) Boomer's reaction to that. (laughs) White cotton panties. (laughs) Yeah, all right. But, I mean, come on. Yeah, I, I know. Come Jerry. on, I mean, listen. I, I you can't defend it. There's just there's perverts everywhere. This guy works for TSA. He's probably taking all sorts of people's underwears. It's sitting right now somewhere in a hole, sniffing it. <laughs> I mean, there's like a million of these people. What do you think a pair of used panties uh, goes I for, mean, Jerry? Listen, the, I don't. Know. The, the, the the feet people, the, the panties people. people the, I mean, they're all sick. He pulled her panties down. You know, I mean, this guy probably got a job with the TSA just so he could steal women's underwear and sniff them. What color panties are you wearing? <laughs> we agree he's a pervert, right? Yeah, yeah she yeah. also sells her panties online. 
What do you think a pair of used panties uh, goes right. for, Jerry? I actually uttered these words this morning. Panties. He said the sexy part of this story. Oh, no. No! <laughs> Which was what? <laughs> no, he said there was a sexy part of the story and an unsexy part. The sexy part was just you know, a woman talking about her underpants. <laughs> Yeah, but not with a stolen by a pervert, man. <laughs> I said the unsexy part was she then followed up her story, her like Instagram story, with a she was walking that she bought new panties, but she got them from Walmart, which is not sexy. <laughs> <laughs> like if she had a Victoria's Secret bag. <laughs> oh my god. I think I have an idea of who, who was the type now? of person that would be doing this. A pair of soiled underwear. Oh, oh, uh, Katie Mox. She works for CBS. Oh, she's oh, she on. Uh, yes, she's on the other the other pregame show. HQ. Oh, Katie. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. She worked. There. Okay. <laughs> wow. So she had her pants. <laughs> 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 Man, thank God our season's over. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have tops this weekend, so I, you know. What? <laughs> Your reaction there twice. <laughs> it's moist. Ah, All right. Come on. Already. God. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> you think next Sunday Adam Shine walks in and goes, Here, you can have back now. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> I got what I needed out of him. Sorry for the coach and the inconvenience. <laughs> ping pong! Ping pong! <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's moment of the day brought to you by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos Tequila brought to you by those who drink it. We love, we love Adam. Disclaimer: He yes. is not a pervert. No, we he don't just works with her on tops. So and we love you, Adam. Please don't get upset. Wow, <laughs> not going to get upset by that. He may because I said but only perverts do that, and then I, you know, he, he may. Oh he's my a, god! I'll call it sexy. <laughs> it's, it is true. He was. Al came off way creepier than anybody in that whole thing. <laughs> the way you say uh, panties to panties. Panties. A panties lover. No panties, Jerry. Panties. And then he pulled her panties down. <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus. You're watching when, too many of those documentaries, man. When I was living in Florida, Bubba the Love Sponge was the big morning radio guy. He used to do No Panties Thursday. Women weren't supposed to wear panties to work. Oh, God. <laughs> Let's tell the new Bubba. program director we're bringing that back. <laughs> just to test it. Just, just to make them uncomfortable. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, Clippers beat the Nets 125-114. Doesn't sound like a bad loss, except for the fact that the uh, Nets led 99-84 after three. Westbrook whips it cross court to Leonard. Pulls up three on the way. It is good. A timeout, a 22 to nothing run. Yeah, Chris Carino with the call on Nets Radio. After they beat the Lakers, they come back and blow it in the fourth wow. quarter and lose to the Clippers 125-114. You know, yeah. The interesting thing, 
Uh, did you see the Knicks and the Raptors at all? Yes, of course. Yeah, and they, they did the video for those they guys. Did. They did a good job. And Jalen Brunson, way, another great game. Yeah, and now everybody's complaining. Not everybody, but I've seen some complaining about the amount of minutes that OG Ananobi's playing. He's playing too many minutes. Oh, boy. Well, this is that's been a knock against Thibodeau his entire career. Yes. He grinds these guys into dust. That's the big thing. And he plays too many regular season minutes at the time you get to the playoffs and they fade out. I mean, they're trying to... They're trying to get into the postseason, get a good seed, hopefully, you know, to stay out of the play-in tournament. This guy's here. He's healthy. He's young. Play him. They should be a four. Forget the play-in tournament. Yeah, I know. They should, but it's, it's jammed up there, man. No, I know you it know? is, but they're good enough to be in that top half of the draw. So. 100%. Do, they, do, you see, do you see where they, uh, the Raptors acquired Bruce Brown from the Pacers? And now everybody's talking about how the Knicks would want Bruce Brown. Former net Bruce Brown. Right. What do you think about that, Jerry? Women's panties. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. College basketball yesterday. Rutgers lost at number 14, Illinois, 86-63. You've got Hofstra and Stony Brook coming up tonight. Uh, Rangers, Ducks, New York wins 5-2, to two, despite trailing 2 nothing after one. They scored four in the third. Peter LaViolette. How about your team on this day? Resilient. I mean, we worked tonight. That was, it was, uh, it was, the win was hard. It might have been, but they do get the two points. They improved to 29 15 and 2. Artemi Panarin with the go ahead power play goal. Chris Kreider, a goal and a couple of assists. And uh, first game for Patrick Waugh as Islanders head coach goes to overtime as they beat the Stars. Matt Barzell, a nice defensive play to take it from him. But now Barzell starts ahead, banked it on for Bo Horvath with a path to the net. 3-2 the final score. That call courtesy of MSG way, with Dallas Brendan Burke. is one of the better teams in the league. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. And they win, and they get the two points. Uh, here was Patrick Waugh. See if you're buying this first win as Islanders head coach. I was very nervous. I won't lie. Um, you know, I, I you always you always want to win that first game, and and uh, I'm very thankful to our players. I mean, for for the effort that they put out there. Very nervous. I mean, I'm sure there were some butterflies, but he gets the win and they get the two points. You got the Devils and the Golden Knights coming up later tonight. And in golf, we've talked about it all morning. Nick Dunlop, the 20 year old amateur, wins the American Express in La Quinta. Uh, first tour amateur winner since Phil Mickelson in Tucson back in 1991. A shot of 70 on Sunday for the one shot win. All right, Boomer Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. So we have not talked about coaches a lot today outside of your prediction that Ben Johnson is going to be the, uh, that is the Lions OC, the head coach of the Commanders once the Lions are done with their run. But Bill Belichick and Jim Harbaugh are still out there. You saw Jim Harbaugh at the Ravens-Texans game on Saturday. He has to. He has to has to get one of these jobs. I'd be shocked if he went back to college. Uh, but apparently, the Atlanta Falcons job is wide open still, and it's not Bill Belichick's. Uh, this has been a lot quieter the last few days than I expected it to be. Well, all right, so Antonio Pierce got the Raiders yeah, job. Yeah. I believe John, Ben Johnson's going to get the Washington job. I still believe that Bill Belichick's getting the Atlanta job. I do. I think there are certain things that have to get worked through with the owner in terms of the contract and control and understanding and how much money are you going to give me for, you know, um, assistant coaches to pay for? What about the front office? What about uh, scouts? What about Rich McKay, the CEO? 
that could be an issue as well. I mean, you want to make sure that you're putting people in place with other people that they respect and they like to work with. And then whoever you're hiring, that you're giving them the opportunity to do it the way that they want to do it. Right. And and I do think that Arthur Blank at the age of 81, you know, looks at Bill Belichick and there is an immense amount of respect there for what he was able to accomplish as a coach. They know that they have a pretty good roster down there. I would think that if you were Bill Belichick that you would be accepting of the football people down there. Uh, the CEO, like I said, kind of is in between all the football people and the owner. And you don't want a backstabbing shib guy no shib. in that spot if you're the head coach. Oh, of course. I mean, and I, I don't know enough about Rich McKay to say if he's a shiv guy or he's not. Very, but... He's very much involved in the NFL, very much involved in rules, very much involved with you know everything that's going on in the league for Arthur Blank. So that's an important that's an important role for a team. I don't you know could, can they co survive as long as one doesn't bleed into the other because it's the business side. You know he helped get that stadium built, Mercedes Benz Stadium, and he was a big. Uh, you know, part of that, so I would think that Arthur Blank respects him for that. Mm-hmm. But it's still, it's it's unique, like personalities. And Rich McKay has been on the competition committee for years. And when coaches have ideas, and they walk into that competition committee and say, "We should do this, we should do that," and you know, they completely get shut down. It's because he wields that much power on that committee. Yeah, I mean, and that. Uh... <laughs> Bill Belichick. So a, that's an that's an that's an interesting dynamic. I think, I kind of think that it might have been done already if they, if there weren't some questions about the 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 inner working dynamics of the entire organization with how the coach is going to be doing his job. So if I told you there was a guy out there who turned the defense around from one of the worst in the league to a top ten defense. He was a head coach in his past, had uh, three seasons as a head coach. Two out of the three were winning seasons, yeah. including a 10-6 and six season. And he worked under the greatest head coach of all time. Do you think that guy should be getting interviews? Uh, would, would that be Brian Flores or would that be Jim Schwartz? That's Brian Flores. Yeah. Brian Flores hasn't gotten a single interview, and he's got this lawsuit against the NFL I mean, listen, I'm uh, I'm not Did naive they, to think that he might be getting blackballed because of what happened. By, I mean, he's got a job in the NFL. He just may never get another head job head just because job. Th- other 31 owners don't want to deal with that nonsense until maybe that's all figured out. Yeah, but you know, that, I mean, right. he, he basically is dying on a sword for something that he firmly believes in. And I would like to think that there are a lot of people that do support to support him and his lawsuit, but you will never hear about it because other guys would just be worried about getting their own jobs. But in terms of like defense coordinators, Raheem Morris will get is has been getting interviews. Uh, the the Rams defensive coordinator he would be a second time head coach. Mm-hmm. Leslie Frazier has had interviews. He would be a second time head coach. Um, you know, I I think that there are a lot of teams that are trying to see whether or not like the next Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Kevin O'Connell, Zach Taylor, Matt LaFleur group is out there. Yeah. Is there one of those guys? Is that Mike McDonald, the defense coordinator of the Ravens? Is that Ben Johnson? You know, is that Bobby Slowick from Houston? I think I think Slowick is going to Tennessee. That's that's my guess. Okay. And I think that Johnson's going to Washington. I think Belichick's going to Atlanta and I think Harbaugh is going to LA. And all this should happen within the week or so, right? 
You would think so because what you want is you want to have your pick of coaches that are on the streets right now. And you want to make sure that the owners are going to give you enough money to go out and sign the coaches that you want to get signed. And there is a undercurrent of competition that is currently taking place in the NFL as we speak. It's one of the reasons I think why Brian Dable is is acting as quickly as he's acting on the offensive side of the ball with a new running backs coach, a new offensive line coach. But he's got to get a D.C. in here. He's got to get a defensive coordinator in here. And they're going through that interview process. But they, I think they'd like to make that decision quicker so they can have their their choice of the you know the assistant coaches to come along with him. I'm sure some of the assistant coaches, too, are waiting to see who gets a job. And I'll just hang on for a little bit, and maybe this coach will bring me to this place, and that's a better fit. And if they don't, then I'll go back to the Giants or something like that. Um, but so you think if Brian Flores dropped his lawsuit against the NFL, that he'd be getting interviews? Uh, you know, or are they just mad at him for doing the lawsuit to begin with? No, I don't think they're mad at him. I just think they just want to stay away from it. They don't want to be asked. I, I would think I'm just trying to think of if, if I'm sitting in that situation. And by the way, I don't care what his background is. I don't care. All I know is he's a good football coach. Yeah, I do know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also now know that he has a lawsuit pending against the NFL and I believe the Miami Dolphins. So why, as an owner of one of the other 31 teams, would I want to hire a guy who's currently under those set of circumstances? Well, how is it going to affect you negatively? Do you think just in the press and stuff like that? But I also know that if something goes wrong internally, he may turn on me and end up suing me. I don't know that. You know, I mean, like, so I I would think he's got to get through that. And don't be surprised if you see John Gruden coming back as the Saints Offensive coordinator. Yeah, I saw that. To work by the with. way, you cannot, <clears throat> they can't keep him out of the league anymore. Yeah, I mean, at this point, especially with Dan Snyder now out of the picture, right? I mean, that was a big part of all that stuff and that craziness that was going on down in Washington. And John Gruden's lawsuit is still going on, too, by the way. Yeah, and Brian Flores is a coordinator, as you mentioned. And selfishly for me, I'm like, great, keep him around. I mean, he's a great defensive coordinator, and he really, really helped uh, my team's defense. But... It, if if circumstances were different, he'd be getting coaching interviews. Yeah, I I think everybody wants that next thirty year old, thirty five year old guy, offensive guy, preferably. Well, I mean, you can't you can't tell me Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator of the Ravens, isn't somebody that that would pique your interest. No, I'm sure, but I'm saying that most guys look like when you're talking about the next guy you just mentioned, you know, the next Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Mike McDaniel, all of that thing. That that's what these guys are looking for if that guy is out there. Now, if they're really scraping, I mean, Kevin O'Connell's another one from that same thing. You know, they 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 went the Vikings went from Jim Harbaugh being in the building to then going to Kevin O'Connell right. to take it from that same thing. Um so I do think that owners if given a choice, would rather the young offensive mind than anything else. And here's the other thing. So you got the Bears. They still have not decided on an offense coordinator yet. And I don't know when they will. But the fact that they're hiring a new offense coordinator tells you that they are drafting Caleb Williams. And it may be Cliff Kingsbury coming from USC where he's now, where he obviously knows mm-hmm. Caleb Williams. And he knows the offense and everything else that Caleb Williams does well. And I wouldn't be surprised if that hiring happened, but the moment that happens, you know the Bears are trading the first pick, or they're taking another. I mean, they're taking Caleb Williams. They're they're, they're going to trade Justin Fields. They're not going to ask Justin Fields now to learn another system. He'll have to go somewhere else to learn that new system. He's not going to be with Chicago.
So to me, the moment that they fired Luke Getze, who supposedly got all this great play out of Justin Fields, tells me new offense coordinator means new quarterback. You're not asking your quarterback to learn another system in your building. I mean, there's no other reason to interview Cliff Kingsbury other than to pair him back with Caleb Williams. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, that was the second that you saw that went public. That means that that the, the doubt was erased that Justin Fields is out and Caleb Williams is in, which is what they should do. Right, and by the way, you see the impact that C.J. Stroud has on Houston. Well, yeah, of course. You see the impact now that Jordan Love is having on Green Bay. I mean, you, you're the Bears. Okay, you know what Justin Fields is, and you know what Caleb Williams can be, you, and you're going to have to go with Caleb Williams. You have no choice. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.